0: Thank you.
1: spent my last 20 on groceries. You're poor. Yeah. Since graduation, I'm poor, you're rich. We are no longer equal. But my parents are rich. You know what I wish? Mm. I wish we were just going off to war. Mm. Or retiring. I wish I was just retiring after a lifetime of hard labor. Mm.
2: Mm. Get down. What? Get down. Noah Baumbach has had an incredibly interesting career both as a writer and a director. From helping popularize the mumblecore movement, to his Oscar-nominated The Squid and the Whale, to co-writing the Barbie movie with his partner, Greta Gerwig, to working alongside Wes Anderson regularly. Noah Baumbach has been all over the place the last few decades. Tonight, we are looking at his 1995 debut film, Kicking and Screaming. he wants a name or a group.
3: What group? Yeah, what's the name? I
2: don't
1: know, I was thinking of something
4: like Cougars or Hawks or something.
1: We'll see, we get matching lobster bibs with our name on or
5: a special brand for cattle. Forget it. Let's go to the hole. <laughs> no, no way. No hole for me.
3: That's where we're comfortable. That's that's where the fun is.
2: Like other filmmakers who got started in the 90s, Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, Noah Baumbach is one of those writer-director multi-hyphenates who's really interested in filmmaking as a craft and inspired by other filmmakers. I've been a big Diner fan,
1: and I, mm. I think I I thought... I wanted to do something like that, something Mm -hmm. that felt um, personal and about friendship and about kind of a a real time in life. And I wasn't really thinking about, I mean, I was the same age as these characters. I mean, I was a little older when we made it. I was 24, I think, when I made it and 25 when it came out. I mean, I I mean, that's ridiculous.
2: In college, he was lucky enough to have Blumhouse's Jason Blum as a roommate at Vassar. Blum made his debut as a producer alongside his roommate on this movie. Jason Blum got his family friend Steve Martin to read the screenplay and endorse it. They were both 25-year-old film graduates trying to break into an industry flushed with indie talent. And it's clear that Baumbach was inspired by a plethora of other slacker films. Baumbach has credited Barry Levinson's Diner and Witt Stillman's Metropolis as two of his inspirations. And it was clear that baumbach was thinking not just about inspiration but about format noting that these are ensemble friend comedies kicking and screaming came directly out of baumbach's post college experience being back in park slope after college with his friends and i don't think you could write a screenplay like this at any other time in your life
6: well yeah i mean when you were at the bar you were saying diaphragm instead of diploma (laughs) other than that
1: no.
0: What
1: about me? <sighs> no, I had no idea. You seem fine. I mean, when you called Chet Daddy, I thought that's, you know, who he was.
2: <laughs> your daddy. The dialogue is incredibly naturalistic, but also pretentious in the way that you can only capture right after college. It's pretty amazing that even this early in his career, Noah Baumbach's writing style had already emerged in a voice that would continue. You have Dogs.
7: cantaloupe we eat cantaloupe
3: what are you talking about
7: these these things these things that 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 we
0: take for granted they're just they're all so weird you know these words these
2: these names his work is replete with literary references always incredibly naturalistic but in a way that's smarter and more intelligible than reality and that makes sense Noah's father Jonathan Baumbach was an author and English professor. He was also the chair of the National Society of Film Critics twice. Baumbach's relationship with his father, who was notoriously cheap, and his parents' divorce makes it into much of his work. And in Kicking and Screaming the Noah Corollary Grover, has his recently separated father, played by Elliot Gould, come visit him in a rundown rental car that he's living out of.
0: <laughs> so I'm moving in with
7: Ellen. She's got this... Lovely property in Oyster Bay. Beautiful grounds, right on the ocean, grotto pool. So you're
5: officially divorced? No, legally separated. Divorce would be a little expensive for us right now.
0: I think the fact that you were still going to school sort of kept us together.
2: Kicking and Screaming stars Parker Posey, Eric Stoltz, Josh Hamilton, Olivia Diabo, and Chris Eadman. It surrounds a group of friends who have recently graduated from college, but who decide to stay living near their college.
7: Let's talk about your friends. Let's talk about how you guys are all in love with each other and how sick you make me with your stupid games, those trivia games. Ding, Max loves Grover. Ding, Skippy does Otis. Ding, they all do each other and and it drives me nuts. Ding that, Skippy. Get a fucking life.
2: Even as friends, girlfriends, and classmates move on, this group of boys is too terrified to take the next step. So they don't. It also tells a story in flashbacks of Grover's relationship with Jane, who has moved to Prague to pursue her dream of becoming a writer.
1: You know, despite my efforts, my intense efforts to do nothing, things happen anyway. Like? I'm embarrassed to say, I just... I didn't want to have any attachments at school my senior year, graduation and all.
2: These characters are living in denial of reality, unable to face the real world, pretending to still be college seniors. Throughout this movie, Noah Baumbach also captures the lack of identity or the malleability of identity that exists in your early 20s. You go through life grabbing bits and pieces of other people's identities, likes, dislikes, and trying to mold it into something for yourself. Kicking and Screaming debuted at the New York Film Festival in 1995. Their views were generally positive, positive. and Newsweek wrote him up as one of the top 10 new faces of 1996. Starting a career that would last decades and take Noah Baumbach into the forefront of multiple film movements. And now, into mainstream success.
7: I have homework to do, just get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> out. Out. <laughs> Go. Go, out.
2: <laughs> anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Moving Net Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized. So if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I'm obligated by international law, human rights law to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. <laughs> okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the secret friends, neutronfriends.vancamp.com. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks. This Barbie is streaming on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Chris Williams is a guitarist and vocalist who plays in the punk band Maplestave, which has a new record called Arguments out now. Maplestave.bandcamp.com. He's also a cartoonist and posterist, and his art is available online as Plastic Flame. I, of course, am your bartender and 10th-year student, Forrest Miller. I swear, I'm working on my dissertation and podcast hosting as we speak.
4: Well, don't everybody talk at once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's the worst dissertation it's not, ever, you'll ever it's hear. It's not usually
4: a problem on this show, but <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Chris. Good to have you. Long time you. I'd say long time no see, but didn't I didn't have you on the show like a week and a half ago.
6: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This
4: is your suggestion. And yeah. uh, a good one it was. So why don't we the, kick it off uh, by you the, tell us why you picked this one.
6: Uh, I just think Will Ferrell does a great job in the soccer <laughs> movie. Uh, um, I, I remember being in college, I think, or maybe it was just, at, I don't know. Uh, and I told someone that this was uh, possibly my favorite movie. And they responded with like the, the, the Will Ferrell soccer movie. And I was like, no, 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 no. Before that, there was a movie with the same title. And they just weren't interested. Um, there was there was think. another title
2: that they were working on. I think it's called The Fifth Year. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Noah Baumbach was saying, like, I wish I had kept that title. And then he was like, you know, because of yeah. the, the Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: It's kind of like I mean, it, it works if you know the subject matter. Uh, I think it's sort of a vague enough title that it, it. It honestly, I mean, this is a compliment. It just sounds like a '90s indie
2: movie title, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I love, as someone well, who's and deeply a, and this is a '90s indie movie, so maybe it, which is maybe, what it is. Maybe nail on the head on that one. <laughs> yeah, I
4: mean, like as someone who's deeply obsessed, I don't know why I'm speaking the past tense with a uh, Parker Posey around this time and Hal Hartley and all that stuff. Like, right down the line for like, you know. Chat GPT, same, you make me a '90s. What happened
2: 90. to her? Um, you know, when she met Joaquin Phoenix. I wish, uh, I wish she she, she had lived a little longer. <laughs>
4: she was fantastic in Bose afraid, and let's let's be real, she looked fantastic.
2: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's... Not, not as much when the rigor mortis set in but before look, that yeah look
4: look i'm trying to be a gentleman and like walk a line of extreme like thirstiness and uh you know professionalism no,
2: no. i have no so, problem
4: doing that. I, mean, that I was gonna say it's christina's brand <laughs> identity <Yes. laughs> uh, i had only seen squid and the whale and i saw that a long time ago and i i don't know why but the whole Noah Bombac thing, like all the rest of his stuff, until somewhat recently, was something that just was a it was a blind spot for me.
6: That that's this. I, I, I was trying to remember. Um, so we had HBO, uh, and you mean Max? No, no, no. <laughs> Before it was called Max. Uh, we we had HBO, and I I remember catching the end of this movie uh, when I was in high school, and I graduated in uh, ninety eight. Uh, so I remember catching it and then, then going through the guide and trying to figure out, like, what was this movie? When's it going to be on again? I, I need to see it. And then watching it several more times. And then maybe, like, two years later at most, I was visiting family down in, uh, outside of Atlanta. And I went into, like, an FYE or one of those type of places. And in the bargain bin, they had the VHS of this uh for like five bucks and i i was like oh yeah i i you know i i have it taped off tv at, at home but i need to have an actual uh instead of it and it was like it was one of those really shitty like uh, just a really cheaply made one terrible transfer yeah yeah <laughs> um but uh uh and then i just i watched it like a million times through uh through college and uh after college until i Finally, got the, uh, the Criterion put out the uh, DVD. So. He made he made this,
2: and then he made uh, Mr. Jealousy, which I haven't seen. Um, within the same like two year period, with the same exact cast, pretty much, he was like, "I'll make a second movie." Which you'd think that like making a first movie already would be like a, a huge undertaking. Yeah. Um, instead of like deciding that yeah. your first thing is going to be uh, you know a double feature, and then he didn't make anything <laughs> until two thousand three. Uh, for the, he made the Squid and the Whale. Like right. there was a whole, there was a gap, like an eight year gap um, where, I mean, he worked with Wes Anderson and he wrote, uh, Steve Zazu or whatever. And like, you know, he did other things and he, he was Steve guess-
4: Zazu or whatever. Is that <laughs> <laughs> also
7: too, in a way, you know, that,
4: that's a me level, like just dismissive, like asshole. you thing? tell him that's amazing. fan of
2: Wes Anderson.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no Steve Zazu or whatever is, is fantastic. That's actually, in my opinion, that's, I think it's his best film, by the way.
7: But anyway. But also, too, I, I gotta, feel like reading Greta Gerwig probably helped, you know, inspire yeah. him to do more filmmaking, more writing, more directing in a way, you know, it's almost like he found, like, a muse
2: well I'm jennifer jason who's who, also was,
7: creative herself too right he was yeah, married yeah. to
2: jennifer jason lee and they had been co-writing a bunch they, they co-wrote and a they bunch have a kid together of together mm-hmm. so they were they were working on co-writing um i think the movie like greenberg which he uses the name uh, greenberg in this movie too yep. when uh when Gould on the phone he's like uh, he's like i'm staying with the greenbergs yep. um, but uh so he he made that the movie with J- jennifer jason lee they co-wrote it together and then Greta Gerwig was, like, one of the stars of it. She was, like, you know, the indie uh, mumblecore muse at the time that everybody, everybody really, like, really wanted to work with. So she was in it, and then she ended up doing the script that became Francis Ha, which is a fucking stellar movie. Mm. Um, but she, she had an idea for a script about, like, her own life or whatever, which is kind of her version of Kicking and Screaming.
4: Right, right. Yeah, and that's... Um... Mumblecore, by the way, like, nothing kept me away faster than that name. Of, yeah, uh, like, that sounds fucking horrible. Like, well, that I,
2: name, I, that I, name I'm combined I'm with, um, with like being like, it's an indie mo- like uh, movement based out of Brooklyn. I was like, yeah, don't I'm need back. to watch. Yeah, I was already me. out of the title.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop, stop talking. You've already made me
3: leave the store. And the, uh, uh, and, I, mean, and the top, I,
2: I was I the, the top person like involved in it or whatever is the guy from the fucking league. <laughs> right, oh, right, right. I mean, personally, <laughs> I always
3: confuse mumblecore with uh, shoegaze, and um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. I'm here all uh, night. <laughs> yeah. don't we
4: know it?
2: I feel like people. Can, I feel like people would easily confuse it with uh, mumble rap. Like, why would I want to? Why would I want to watch these guys like uh, mumble? Like mumble around? It's Atlantic just a terrible movies. descriptor.
4: It basically means it's like an, it's an intelligent movie with a lot of talking, right? Like, but that isn't what gets across at all. And also. I hate to say it, that was, as a huge fan of the genre, that was like every 90s indie movie. So why is that yes. a genre suddenly? Are well, we no, going to go back?
7: It was, it I guess was they immediate. finally found a term to call it. Yeah. Well, they evolved well, into the, the something.
2: Mumblecore, because it was, number one, the scripts were usually somewhat improvised or done like quickly like, on set pretty much, and it was yeah. cheap to do. So it was like it was like a yeah, aka kind of every way. '90s indie
3: movie. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anything with the Miramax logo on it uh, for, for a certain period of time.
7: <laughs> I would like to thank the Weinstein brothers for this opportunity here. Like, <laughs> like, but
4: seriously, I mean, and again, I know I the, this is the second Hal Hartley mentioned, but the, this kind of genre did exist. It just was like. It's just weird that like they created a genre for basically these two talented filmmakers, and then like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why did you need that? Like,
2: <laughs> They could have called it Duplass Core or whatever, and then you know, it was a way, way, exactly. uh, way more yeah. interesting name for it than, uh, Yeah, because yeah, I, I would was, check that out, kind out of their, like,
3: figure out what that means. He was
2: like their <laughs> champion, right? Like, he was kind of Baumbach. I mean, he was like the champion of that genre for a little bit. He was like, "See, yeah. I have like uh, bigger success, right? Like, I've made an Oscar-nominated movie. None of these ever will be, you know, be- being made by like the Duplass brothers or whatever. But like, you know, I'll, I'll be the champion of this uh, weird kind of slap together subgenre of independent movies.
7: Yeah, um, that is that is, you
2: know, like whatever.
7: And because it, also the the independent film kind of really grew legs in the '90s. We were seeing more indep especially especially like Gen X." Because uh, sure. that because they were the youngins in the that, in the in the nineties. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, look at like
4: a movie like uh, speaking of uh, uh, Parker Posey, like House of Yes or something, ninety mm-hmm. seven, which which is it, fantastic. Like her character th- thinks he's Jackie Onassis, <laughs> 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 and she flies into like a murderous rage when this, her brother comes. It's like insane, and part, it's just one of the many like. Parker Posey gems of just like she was like an all bangers like throughout all the nineties. But like stuff yeah. like that, we're like, well, what genre is this exactly? It's darkly funny for sure. Yeah.
7: Like, but is it a comedy? Yeah, really, I don't know. And, and there's a lot of actors who kind of did like within that genre as well, like, oh, I've seen sure. this person do another, you know, but again, it it seemed like, you know, in the world where there was a lot of mainstream success with like Scorsese. You know, there was there was this need for like this specific genre of film for a lot of those you know Gen Xers who were like, you know, what about us and our struggles? Like, you know, we're coming yeah. out of you know things like college and high school, and you know, Party and life is hating us. I'm yeah.
4: apparently only gonna name Parker Posey movies, but Party
7: Girl is another
2: example.
4: <laughs>
7: like it's like I the mean, the queen of the of the of the pre Mumblecore like yeah. acting.
2: Uh, <laughs> also, um, Party Girl the same year this came out, right? Like right, right, yeah, same back. time, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
7: Um, also, I, Eric Parker Posey's everywhere. I was gonna say Eric Stoltz was kind yeah. of like a yes. Parent. He did a lot of. He this was when yeah. he was starting to direct more films. Mm.
4: Well, well, I guess
3: Chet Chet wasn't really in the script
4: originally, right? Is, no. is, is
3: my understanding? It just yeah, Eric Stoltz was hanging around the set, I guess, and they just gave him a part, right? Well, they I, I thought
6: that the story was that they they he they wanted Eric Stultz, the studio wanted Eric Stoltz to be in the movie as like a, a kind of an anchor for it. And so then, and he was okay, he liked the script. And then uh, because he was, I guess he and Noah Bamba hit it off, then he ended up writing over a weekend like pretty much all of Chet's character into the script.
2: Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. This movie would not work as well. I don't think if there wasn't like the cautionary tale of what yeah. happens oh, to somebody yeah. who stays in a, which is literally, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally it's not, it's like,
4: not hashtag life goals. Let's be clear. Yeah. Like,
3: <laughs> and and I mean, it makes perfect sense bartender... why the studio would want him, because if you think about it, like he, he was showing up in all the indie films. I mean, he was in Pulp yeah. Fiction. He was in Pulp Fiction. Uh, yep. he, he was in uh uh uh, my brain's just telling me the prophecy, and I, I don't sure if that's right or not, <laughs> but uh, we'll go with it. Um, but but there were a lot of uh, smaller films. Uh, Killing Zoe uh, is one of my yeah. favorites of that yeah. of that uh, Eric Stoltz period, uh, where, where yeah. you know Eric Stoltz was just in all this stuff. Um, he really yeah, was. He, he was weird. everywhere
7: in the early yeah. '90s, doing a lot of indie films, wanting to branch out to be like more of a director. Oh, even it was at Fast Times at Richmond High. I mean, let's yeah. go back and, even and, further. Um, Mask was huge. Yeah, I like yes. It, but. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, but like I I know Eric Stoles because it's like you know he you you watch a a, a show like Grey's Anatomy and you'll see like he directed like half of the episodes and like two two of the seasons and then there are times where he will guest star in 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 an episode that he directs. Oh,
2: I I know someone. I know him because John Travolta yelled at him on the phone. She's dying, Lance. She's (laughs) dying. She's. I think she's overdosing. I'm coming over.
4: (laughs) But not from Back
3: Ah. to the Future. He directed the one. Oh, no. no which is, which is hilarious.
4: Uh, singles. too yeah, I forgot about singles. Yes. Uh,
3: honestly, uh, Eric Stoltz's tattoo was the best part of the Flash movie. <laughs> All right, Andy World. everybody. I'm going to charge
4: yeah. you fifty cents for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need an Andy jar. <laughs> Just have like a have like a thermometer, like it's a, a fundraiser or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> you're like you're like here you go. Every time I go off topic, uh, I have to you know fifty cents.
3: Finally, this
4: show's going to make some money.
3: Yeah. Well, maybe if you guys oh, yeah, I'd actually make the graphic. <laughs> 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 um.
2: So. Where, where Noah Baumbach went to school, obviously, is Vassar, which is, like, you know, Poughkeepsie, where I live, and uh, it's also kind of crazy that, you know, the French Connection reference is Billy Friedkin died yesterday, so we have two different yeah, uh, Poughkeepsie be. things to be talking about, both on this episode and then the after party. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta talk about Poughkeepsie, but it's, it's kind of crazy they wouldn't let him shoot this movie here, because he wasn't, like, he hadn't given them enough money yet, and then he finally went back to Vassar for Francis Ha, and he got to shoot it on the Vassar campus, uh, and live his dream of filming a movie on his college campus I guess
4: yeah that's a very achievable dream yeah
7: (laughs) apparently not they didn't didn't want to film on their college it's like filming like your like high school experience on your high school like I don't know well you'd actually know the good places to shoot that for
3: one thing Uh, I mean you know there's that
2: well, Greta Gerwig went to Barnard. For, I mean, for, the,
3: like, went, for this movie, you have to,
2: right? It has to be yeah. at a college campus.
4: How is it a movie about, like, people majoring in college, not at a college?
2: And it's, I weird, feel, if you, it's weird if you do it at someone else's college, right? Like, yeah, yeah
3: well, what, you can go to Casanova now, where I went to college, and uh, that's out of business, so so I'm sure you can film. But uh, <laughs> Honestly? Greta,
2: Greta Gerwig went to uh, Barnard College, and then they filmed – um, big parts of like the next movie they made, Mistress Americana. They, I know uh, you didn't
4: say Barnyard College, but it sounded Barnard, like no. you said Barnyard
2: College. So the next movie that they filmed together, she was like, pretty much, hey, can we go to my old college and film and like a bunch of the action take place there? Right uh, now,
3: you know, I'm just they're, imagining they're her walking around on with our, a cow. Four H Club,
2: yeah yeah whatever yeah. <laughs>
7: also like one film that I compare this to unfortunately St Emil's Fire because I feel like Noah Baumbach does a better job at like the like, experience of like a right? post-college life for uh you know like young adults because that was the whole point St Emil's Fire was that all these you know these the Brat Pack graduated from college and you know they didn't know what what they want to do with their lives and then I'm like I feel like kicking screaming does a better job at executing the point that St. Elmo's Fire didn't achieve back like in 1985. Well, because you can't
2: really, I mean, you can't write a movie like this unless I think, I feel like you're right out of college in that situation, right? Like the the dialogue and everything everything in, in this movie is so like of its, of its moment. Both, I think, uh, I mean, both like, you know, in, in the zeitgeist, I guess in general, but also um, for, for uh, Noah Baumbach in the moment, like he's literally in it, hanging out on the the college campus doing the, uh, Would you rather lose your mom or fuck a fuck a cow thing? Like that's literally him. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Which is quite the game. Yeah.
7: Yeah.
2: It's like, it's real, it's real life kind of dialogue. It seems like taken from his friends and from the people around him and like, yeah. uh, you know, the, the aim, the aimless shit that they talk about when they're trying to wait for this moment of coming of age, which keeps getting later and later, I think is, um, as the decades go on, right? Like, like which, which has kind of like
4: a low yeah, well, for sure. That And that's a, that's an excellent point. Cause this is very much grounded in its time because of that, but it has that sort of like, there's just malaise and dread kind of around of like, well, shoot, what now?
2: You know, yeah. Well, if- the, the malaise and dread of that, but also the inability to move forward. Like, Wh- forth- whereas
4: now it's like, don't worry, there's no options.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like the one friend that, that does get into grad school good night folks to, anyway uh no, 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 no. So the one friend otis or whatever that that's supposed to go to grad school and decides yeah. just like on a whim hey i'm gonna go you know defer for a semester and go back to my mom's house and live with my mom is gonna catch me fucking downloading porn channels or whatever right um like like even even when there are options to move forward like these characters are trapped unable to because of that malaise right like because of yeah. the, the dread surrounding it
4: which was very real i mean i, I was not a so much of a college guy. Like I took half a semester of JC, dropped out, moved to Oakland and, you know, kind of started doing what I
5: autodidactically
4: do. Uh, but there definitely was this time period, and I very much ascribe it to like the Clinton presidency around that time too, where you kind of just had, like you knew stuff wasn't right, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. And they certainly weren't teaching like any of the schools as to why that might be the case. But it just—it seemed like there was this dread at the future, which is adorable compared to what we deal with on a daily basis now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think this movie does a really good job of showing that, um, and not necessarily in an explicitly comedic manner. Like, there—it's funny. There's very funny moments. It's very—it's very quippy. It's very uh, smart. It's very snappy. Uh, the dialogue works really well. But like, it's not explicitly like a comedy and I feel like most most of the movies that address that kind of stuff in the 90s were explicit comedies like borderlining on slapstick and honestly usually not that good uh, in, in my opinion but this is a very quotable movie Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of great quotes in this, like, and not to be, like, the guy. Like, as someone who pulled the letterbox one-liners, I can assure you a lot of people, other people enjoyed the quotes, too, because that's, like, all what most of the reviews were. <laughs> 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 and it's
0: –
4: it, again, it's weird that this one kind of escaped my radar because of that. But, like, it, it embodies a certain type, type of film at a, at a certain age where it's, like – it's kind of poignant, too, right? Like, and it, it it's kind of hits some of that same, like, Richard Linklater sort of vibes – uh, you know, certainly that he mastered in uh, Before Sunrise of like, you know, the, the, the romances is, is very real. Like you get to see like the beginning of this relationship and it's told mostly in flashback. That's like it's very believable because it's not people saying, you know, Aaron Sorkin like the smartest thing possible, at the smartest time.
2: No, in fact the dialogue is uh, quite pretentious a lot of times but in a way oh, that's and, like, and and right. like
4: yeah self aware pre- like, yeah. like it's like meant to be like no this guy's an ass He's being an yeah. ass right
2: and now. like <laughs> and and lost and like it's people discovering for the first time like their um you know like like these these intellectual works right like
3: yeah yeah it's it's almost like how I described uh uh Linklater's first film um uh uh whenever I watched uh, his second film um uh, you know where it was like like you know <laughs> Uh, he's like super excited about it. I feel like this is
4: like a mad libs, but please go on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, now, Jaws, um, aliens, no. Yeah. No. but but uh, yeah. Slacker uh, and Dazed and Confused, you're talking about uh no, days no days
3: Slacker days and uh, not not this, the, the animated one. I'm sorry, not not a second yeah. but, You don't
4: but, you but don't remember. get to correct me when you can't remember the
3: title, the FYA. That's yeah. the we I'm trying to remember the correction. Remember. <laughs> do do, 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 Anyways. do, do. Uh, Like like, uh, I always felt like he was very much into uh, like, like like he just read a book and wanted to like tell you about how cool the book was. And this does kind of the same thing, except except it actually works because like, that's not the point of the movie. It's just like, it's happening uh, on screen of these people, you know, learning, learning, you know, kind of discovering the world and, and feeling their oats as uh, uh, intellectuals, as creatives, as whatever. And, And you can also see like the pretentiousness of that era of, of uh, creativity and that, that creative writing class, because you get the tail end of his story, which was really pompous. And then their discussion of it uh, w- was just like, wow, this sounds like a horrible story. Like, like and, and they're, they're trying not to say anything bad about it, because it probably sucked really bad. Um, but, but like, <laughs> you know, but like, it's all part of a learning process. I mean, we've all been there as, as artists, uh, you know, writing something right. just terrible, sharing it with people. And people like realizing it's not, you know, they can see that, that, you know, there's a kernel of something there, but you're not, you're not ready to be, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman or or whatever. It's like
4: that that Ira Glass quote, right, where he he talks about how you have to like just realize that you're going to be pretty bad. You're going to have great taste and making terrible stuff for a while and that's okay. And like you have to like be able to work through it and... And, and be okay with it. Yeah, know, I don't think Robert.
2: I don't think Noah Baumbach has fully uh, appreciated that though, because he, he keeps saying like every time he talks about this movie, like, oh, I wish I had started it later, or like I can't really watch it because there's so many other decisions I would have made, or like, you know, I could have only made this movie now.
7: Oh, like, like the, the artist just yeah. can't watch and appreciate their <laughs> own work. How humble!
0: <laughs>
3: How embarrassing! I, I get the embarrassment sometimes. I look back at my old artwork. It's just like, ooh. Oh, that's yeah, I, I can't I can't always oh, improve in the craft.
7: know. Yeah, but no. That, but that but that's but, that's but, what happens when you have vision. As yeah, opposed I to the will... movie
4: the craft which cannot be improved. <laughs> just just kidding, I totally could. <laughs> I, I like that you
6: I, I like that you, you you say you're older at work. Like I, I just finished working on something like two hours ago and I I can't even look at that. So uh, um, <laughs>
4: Well, it's a good time to feature uh, th- this comment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, disagreement in the comments. <laughs> There's a lot of. Yeah, sh- I, I, shoe I feel like, you know,
0: mumblefish. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Anaconda. My Anaconda don't want none unless it's got stoltz.
3: Good. Oh, yes. <laughs> anaconda um, great there you go but i think there's pills. also
2: there's a desire for people to like want to be like uh like to have been perfect right away like to want to be like the boy child or whatever like the the uh, like the uh, as, as in, you- like the, the first possible um like their first movie like right out of the right. gate was amazing like you know yeah. uh quentin tarantino and fucking reservoir dogs, reservoir dogs they want that yeah. like they want that for themselves and i feel like i i can see why you wouldn't uh want something that you wish you hadn't put out at that time like um i mean you know, look
7: look look at greta <laughs> Everything she's pretty, you know, her last three films Barbie, Little Women, and Ladybird look, look at those. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, and I mean, Frances Ha, which is like the first thing she ever wrote is fucking incredible. Like, I, I watched that movie for this episode, I watched it twice. It's like genuinely dazzling. Yeah,
3: like- <laughs> uh, up until very recently, I thought it was a French film.
2: Well, it, it's huh. It look
3: it, it looks it, the the poster yeah. art makes it look. I'm sorry, I need to. Talk they based it off
2: now. of Godard's like New Wave work. Like, yeah, the, it's the it's meant it's meant to evoke yeah. that imagery, and the poster
4: certainly makes it look like it. I always look back on my old MS Paint artwork. This is so awful. I could sell it as an NFT. Says <laughs> so,
7: true. But, but I mean, but I mean, you you could tell, like you know, Nolan Bombach in this film is very green. You know, he hasn't. You know, a lot of these younger filmmakers they feel like you know that they need to still work on pre- on perfecting their craft. And I feel like he, you know, he's really, especially like I mentioned, you know, his partnership with Greta Gerwig, I feel like he's really at a point where, you know, he's probably at a place where he's um, very, more, probably more satisfied with the work that he's put out now. Because well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't feel like his earlier work is as appreciated as yeah. it should, especially since what? he took like that long gap.
4: White noise? I I quite enjoyed it, and it's a very assured film. It's a very divisive film for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is just just impenetrable material. But it also came out at like a weird time of the year. Like, it's, I mean, it was always going to be a challenge.
7: But what I'm getting at is that it's very much like the Haunted Mansion movie coming out in the summertime when they should save it for like October. Halloween, maybe? I don't know. Wild idea.
6: I'm sorry, quick tangent uh, off of that. Uh, I'm going to Disneyland next week, and the Haunted Mansion
7: is going to be closed. The movie just what? came out yeah i mean why would disney man they're not making the, they're they're not doing their best right now i'm so, Well bob,
2: bob Iger is so busy uh you know raging out about um striking employees and how he's gonna try to kill them or whatever hey, he's uh that he's like you know slipping on the fucking theme park side <laughs>
4: How do you like? But seriously, it's like a movie based around one of your theme parks, and you, it's not gonna be not gonna be open. Huh? All right, great.
2: maybe they maybe they've taken all the uh, people that are trained to be part of that ride, and they started using them for fucking scabs. <laughs> at the, uh, at the- yeah, those <laughs> weren't
3: actually <laughs> animatronics in there; those are actually real people. <laughs> so white noise is deeply
4: impenetrable. I feel like in a lot of ways, but like all of the stuff that's like cool about kicking and screaming and squidding the whale, like it, it's all there. It's just he's a, he's a better filmmaker now, Greta Gerwig. Accident in it as well she's adam driver's uh character's wife and she's awesome And she's a great actress um yeah. but it's just it hit it exactly the wrong time and like all the
5: we weren't ready of, we
4: weren't ready well i don't know if you're ever gonna be ready for that because it's based off of i forget the book series it's based off of but it's it's like it's kind of like known to be like deeply inscrutable and like heady and kind of hard to deal with and so the idea of like a, a, adapting it at all is um was a Don DeLillo, I think is the is, is the author. Yeah, Don DeLillo. And I mean it's considered to be like that's like his breakout book and it's like he's considered one of the, like the icons of like postmodernistic literature. But also it was like everyone's like, nope, I'm not gonna make a movie of that. And that's that's what he decided to do is is make a movie of it. And and he likes a challenge. I do like it and, and when I first saw it, I'm like, I'm not sure if I like that at all. I might have hated that and I'm not positive yet. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh but that said i think that it's kind of cool that him and greta have this like awesome partnership like
2: you know
7: with yeah they
4: really writing the barbara movie and stuff
7: that's well together
2: a uh a pretty uh controversial partnership at first because of the i guess i guess people got mad about the uh the age gap (laughs) oh
4: okay okay well and the
2: fact that he left you know jennifer jason lee yeah Yeah. but uh, people were like she still he acts i think he was like 39 and she was uh 27 when they made it
7: yeah greta's not really that she's like how old is greta she's like now, now she's
2: 39 now she's the age i think that he was when think she, she just yeah.
3: turned 40 uh like like the same time barbie broke a billion dollars so you know yeah like, woohoo hey greta <laughs> yeah so it's, like, it's like what a
7: 10 year difference then what, yeah. it's not it's that, that which people okay like people are so freaking I out do. about the 20 year age gap between Florence pew and killian murphy and oppenheimer and i'm like people still look a lot younger these days just let it go it's I acting
2: i i just i just know that like people are scandalized. it's okay if they're time. hot like i don't yeah <laughs> Exactly,
3: I, I mean and the well, weird ones are, are like uh, the the woman who's dating uh, the guy's playing Craven. Or uh, oh, ta- ta-
7: Aaron Taylor. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. And and yeah. uh,
2: and the age gap between uh, uh, President Macron and his uh, teacher wife or whatever those is teacher wife. <laughs> his, I just uh, I just, I
4: just is. is that I what he calls her in the bedroom? Hey, teacher I, wife. <laughs>
7: mistress. Mistress. I just still can't believe that he it's like headmistress. As someone who followed Jennifer Jason Leigh's career.
4: <laughs> Christina, I'm, you have the floor. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. As someone who followed Jennifer Jason Leigh's career, like, because she was really, you know, like, big in the 80s, obviously, with, like, you know, Fast Times at Richmond High and all these other, like, you know. Oh, um, I remember. In, yeah. in the 70s, of course, you would remember the scene. Um, and uh, but it completely, like, went over my head that she was with Noah Baumbach, you know, but then again, I didn't really know who he was when I was literally a child, so, like,
0: Right,
4: other than those two problems,
7: yeah, it was oh. yeah. She, she's uh, in the uh new se- season of uh, Fargo, yeah, she still acts like a lot of people, like a lot of people, are like, where what happened to her? And I'm like, no, she's she still
4: acts, she was great in hateful eight, she, she, she was, yeah. yeah, she was in Hunter, she,
7: she absolutely killed yeah, it. In hunters, like, she's how many? So she's in, like, but she's but yeah, yo, sure. yo, she's in
4: Annihilation, which we're covering in like, is that next week,
2: yeah, I think that's next week, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, we're going and she's was great
3: the... in all of them. And Possessor. <laughs> like, she was freaking fantastic Possessor, in
4: Possessor. Yep. yep. Skippy Cronenberg. Is- yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like Possessor, by the way. And Infinity yeah. pool. Uh Okay. Anyway. So, I, I have—I don't know the timeline of when him and Jennifer Jason Lee were like dated or anything. And yeah, I'm not really super of interest to in me. I th- but I think that this is. This is an interesting film cuz like if this had been like a one-off, like he just had done the one film, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I get it." You know, some like this guy said what he needed to say and then, you know, that that was it. Uh, so it's interesting to go more. But it's interesting to go back to it and have it like have that sort of like it has that sort of like this is my one chance to get this kind of, they may never let me do this again. Kind of energy. to me. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that's just me, but that's or, like, or, the feel like I this, got. or I
2: mean, it has like this very, uh, this, this is what I want my voice to sound like because people are going to be watching this and uh, I need to have some kind of artistic voice before Steve Martin gives his movie to my, to his, I mean, gives my movie to his friends or something. Cause, yeah. uh, <laughs>
4: cause he was a, he was a, he was a fan. He, the, the Steve Martin TPS report cover letter.
2: Yeah. That's that's really funny. It was also it's Jason Blum's first movie that he produced. Uh yeah. so it's kind of awesome for that reason too because he would go on to, you know, do his his whole fucking uh every freaky horror movie ever thing now that he produces. Yeah.
4: F- freak freaky and whatever. Very mid. <laughs> anyway, uh mid at best in my humble opinion. Thank yeah.
3: you. With, well, like one or two actually really good ones.
4: Yeah. One or two really great ones that are the exception, not the rule.
3: Thank yeah. you. Coming up next week.
4: Well, you got to have the, the one or
3: two really great ones so
2: that you can start your company and set it up. Right. Yeah. And then you, you just keep making mid content for the rest of your, uh,
7: <laughs> everyone has a flop era. But honestly, I don't really think I... Noah Bomback has actually really had a flop era. They've never been
4: flopped so much as just niche.
7: Okay. Yeah. Maybe this I, is a flop era. Bad.
6: Like, I, I I realized, too, when I was going back through his films that I haven't, I, there's a number of them that I haven't seen. And uh, I, well, I, I was watching, I was re-watching Francis Ha last night and uh, thought about it. It's like, well, so I was an English major in college, uh, creative writing concentration. So I really related to this movie. I got out of college. I applied for a big thing, didn't get it. And then uh, didn't know what I was going to do and uh, wasn't living with a Max so uh, or an Otis. So I uh, just lived on my own and then got really sad. Then eventually got stuff and still didn't know what I was going to do. So I related to Francis Ha. And then I also got divorced. So I pretty much covered
4: like, <laughs> all of the- Marriage <laughs> story. There you go. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, but yeah, like I saw, I, 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 I saw Squid in the Whale years ago, and I couldn't remember why I I watched it once and didn't go back to it. And I was like, "Oh, that's right, it, because I watched it like right before I got a divorce." <laughs> right, right, and right. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, Squid and the Whale is his parents' divorce story, right? Like he he's experiencing it as a kid, and then marriage story is him getting divorced from yeah. uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Like he he turned that into his own movie about it. So it's like he's he's also bookended the divorce uh the divorce movies like. First I was a child of divorce. And this movie too. He has his dad like uh his dad's in it. His dad's the English teacher. What is Barbie supposed
7: dad. to be then? He
2: also has uh he has Elliot Gould also playing his dad like
4: which is cute. a great get and it's 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 well acted.
2: He's yeah, been savage to he- his dad though in every movie. Like his the dad character in The Squid and the Whale fucking sucks. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like he's just the yeah. like like the whole movie he realized at the end like no, my dad actually kind of sucks. Like my mom's kind of better than my dad is. Tell not, us how you
7: really feel, Noah. Not as but bad as Steven
2: movie,
4: Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but in this movie, the dad's in it, and the dad character is living out of his car. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't be a total it.
4: total DJ, yeah. too. Like, just, he, like, he's, yeah. he's
2: even down to eat the cheese whiz. He's like, oh, yeah, cheese whiz. I've, I've lived yeah. off the... Which his dad is like a... His dad was like a college professor, an English professor, and was like the head of like the New York Film Critics Association. Like, his dad was doing pretty well for himself career-wise. And I think yeah. it was just uh cheap, like he's always like, "Oh look this is my like this is the dad <laughs> character, the dad's cheap as fuck getting this divorce, and it's like, oh no, that like I guess that must have been his dad who's in this movie, which is kind of crazy like, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> like don't worry, the dad's not based on you right. so so it's, do
3: you think Noah Baumbach <laughs> actually did write down things like uh like during life like like uh, um uh, Olivia Diabo's character did in the, in the film? I mean,
2: I don't know if he did it for this film, but he was talking in a clip that I have. Uh, which I can pull up like later about like the characters and, and listing out traits of his friends. Like he would list out all these traits that, and then he added those like things together into characters. But like over time it was like, he was making these lists of traits that characters had that he was turning into each character.
4: Like, like archetypes uh, yeah. and, and and like comp- composite things. By the uh, way, like, real don't life, you mean
2: your life archetype?
4: Do, 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 Andy, don't you mean your good online friend, Olivia Daba? uh,
6: before we get away from the archetypes though i I wanted to say that uh, in one of the things with the writing of this that i I really like is the little ways that he defines the characters that there is the uh uh when skippy wants to name the group and oh so good skippy's really excited about and uh wait i wrote, wrote it down so i didn't yeah uh it, they're, they're walking over to the grover and skippy are walking over to the table and grover says uh skippy wants to name our group and max responds with what group and, and otis goes yeah mm. uh, yeah what's the name and it's so it it's like max is totally dismissive of the whole thing but otis is like oh yeah we are a group would just he's very excited about it just like skippy and i just like that it was just, a very subtle thing, but uh well you also
2: have like a, a self-aware notion that Otis would be the Skippy character. Like he's so fucking stupid. He'd be the the Skippy's character if they didn't have a, a skippy, right? If there wasn't like, that, skippy, really, right, that, sure, that yeah. really awkward interaction that they have where he's like, uh I'd I, like I'd fuck that girl, but he doesn't like it's an innuendo. He's like, uh yeah, I'd like to fuck that girl. And then Otis gets to dunk on him and be like yeah, like I totally didn't get what you meant there or whatever. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? that's the only time a guy that stupid and that like vulnerable to other people's opinions would be able to dunk on someone is if they have one guy lower down in the this, total. This lo- lower
4: in the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> echelon. A- and it's great too because he's clearly like, you know, certainly probably means it, but is just trying to like be like along with the group too. And yeah. then like is totally called out, for, which is so like th- that is behavior that is indicative of that age group too right so like this that like absolutely this merciless like okay i have Saurons over here now you know like uh mindset and but very clever but also like is it like that kind of of, like no you're also just being an asshole right now but you're you are being clever but you're mostly being an asshole
2: yeah and and kids that (laughs) age a lot of times can't really tell that you know uh, I mean, they can tell they, that they were trying to be an asshole, but they can't really, they don't have the social um, nuances yeah. to be like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be an asshole to this person at this right. moment. It's all about maintaining your position on that, uh, like, social, I guess, stratification or that social, like, thing, which this movie does really well. Like, there's an intrinsic pecking order. And then at the end of it, like. the Fueled by fuel, insecurity.
4: Deep yeah. insecurity is with everyone. But at the
2: end of it, you realize that Jane was the head of that pecking order mm-hmm. um, because she's the and one sitting there smoking. And then he starts smoking because of her. Uh, which is, like, one of the first lines you hear. They and- all start
4: drinking the same freaking drink because her. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so when she leaves...
3: Drinking. The hangout. Yeah.
2: She, as their anchor point, has led to, like, all of them being uh, even more lost than they are. And none of them want to admit that because, you know, they're guys and, like, you're not going to admit, like, oh, I really, really miss a girl. So you don't yeah. even bother to fucking call her from Prague. <laughs> which is, which is as a viewer... Oh, uh, collect.
4: As, as, as a adult viewer with like well-rounded emotions and whatnot is infuriating, but it's also deeply relatable considering the age that the character is. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like, Oh yeah, that's of course that wasn't logical. That was just a crazy thing that like, you know, reason X, Y, and Z or no reason at all. Like, that's actually one of the things I liked about it, despite it being like narratively like, Oh my god, will you just fucking pick up the goddamn phone and or call her back? Like, well, and Jesus he makes Christ.
2: his big his big gesture, like his big cathartic gesture or whatever, instead of being like, Oh, and then he gets on a plane and that's how the story continues. He realizes yeah. he just forgot his passport. You know, but, he didn't go back there the next day. Which, that which yeah.
6: I loved I, I love that because throughout the movie, uh, he keeps forgetting his wallet like he he goes to the club right. and he can't get yes. him because he doesn't have his wallet he's gonna have sex with the uh, uh giovanni rubisi's sister and he doesn't have his wallet and, and which he has a condom in and then at the end of the movie he goes to he he makes the decision that he's gonna go to Prague, and he has his wallet but he doesn't have his passport and it's like but then if you flash forward to francis ha she makes an impulsive move goes to france doesn't have a great time and comes home so who's yeah just- on, a,
2: on a fucking credit card that's the most yeah. relatable <laughs> she she goes and is just miserable in that movie because she goes on a credit card and realizes like she didn't make any plans she didn't set anything up it was an impulsive trip like it's supposed to be yeah. her like mind-blowing two-day trip to france and it's just like Oh, I'm just doing the same shit, but just like in France and now I'm in credit card. Well, because, because
4: that doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't change who you are or what's going on with you yeah. just to be in a different location. Well,
2: and, and it's not like she has money do anything, you know, like, it's not like she can uh, drop money on stuff when she's there, which is, you know, planning a trip, like you have to save money and everything for that. And she didn't do any of that. So it's just like uh, you're in your hotel room by yourself, dude. Like
7: (laughs) that was my sister. She did. She did like a whole thing where she was traveling around the world doing like working with like the worst, most privileged bratty kids from Beverly Hills who felt like going to Iceland and 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 Rome was just like another day. And she was like, I'm better off just being in my hotel room.
4: But I think that uh, in the context of Kicking and Screaming, I, I think Chris brings up an important point that like, yeah, like it's set up that like the entire movie, he's like there, there's something because of his state of mind, he's forgetting something very important. And then like, what is it? He said like, was, like oh, if I hadn't seen it, then like it would have it would have been different. Like literally like it has to have at that moment in time where he's actually like having some kind of uh, emotional resonance with a different moment was like oh yeah I should probably uh you know maybe do some kind of grand gesture
2: or he something. forgets he forgets his id <laughs> he's trying to get into right the bar right, right. He, he forgets his id you know that's the line that only, uh, Id, yeah that's the line that only a fucking like kid that just graduated from college I feel like would write to to be fair I totally <laughs> laughed at it but yeah that
4: was deeply really like right, can't drink yeah,
2: you I get can't it. it oh you're yeah, Id. Yeah. oh wow it's all really right you're, you're 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 really delving into the mind there Noah yeah <laughs>
4: But I think, uh, yeah, like that, that scene is so – it's so well done too because like it builds and builds and builds and then it's just like you get that kind of like, oh. <laughs> like she makes the exception for him and everything and then it was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen. And, he, and you know it's not – he's not coming back the next day.
2: Yeah. There's no, no I mean because that's his big – he blew the whole uh, – blew his whole big gesture load on that yeah. speech that he gives in in right. that moment. And then it's like, exactly. oh, your passport. Oh yeah, I forgot my passport. Like- well,
6: and also, isn't that isn't that scene the only scene that's not a flashback where there's score? Um, oh, th- th- throughout like all of the like present day scenes, there's there's uh, like background music playing, like video yeah. or whatever. Um, but uh, there there's always score in the um, in the flashback scenes, and then I'm pretty sure that in the airport scene when he's when he's trying to buy the ticket. Uh, then the, the score starts coming in and then leads into the, the final flashback. But oh, look at you.
7: I've watched the movie a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I did not catch that at all. That's but,
7: like how I feel about Barbie when I would watch like Ben Shapiro's review. I'm like, you are purposely forgetting and not adding important context that you seemingly forgot. But then again... He failed as a screenwriter, and he needs to be explained. He failed as a human being too,
4: and I'm, I get yeah. sick of hearing about him on this show. But yeah, I get it. Uh, I think that it's notable too that uh, th- this film is pretty unabashedly for who it's for. Gen like, X. Yeah, but and I spe- well, not even well, like like a very specific a very specific, group of specific
3: X. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, very white very uh, like like children of. Uh, Somewhat successful parents,
7: yeah, like that like People later were on, able to buy a house for like six dollars back in nineteen sixty two like that type of situation, so. like who later
4: on would be enthralled with, and I like this movie too sideways, mm-hmm. right <laughs> like and I say that as someone enthralled with sideways, and by the way, still love it because it guess what it isn't like a how to guide, <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and I feel in the same way, like look at the max character, like great quotes, but just like, uh. Like, come on, dude! <laughs> like, like most of the cast is like a come on, dude situation most of the time, inclusive of Chet, who just is like, you know, it's 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 the you know, the it's it's Matt McConaughey character and uh, dazed and confused, like, but like writ Small.
3: Yeah, I'm currently dazed and confused. I mean, I we've all we've all knew <laughs> like in general? general back in the 90s yeah. like that. Um, I, I mean, even going back to my junior high, where where there was a 21 year old who was uh, still in junior mm-hmm. high. Uh, show up yeah. with his mullet and T-bird and mustache. It was the coolest guy in junior high. <laughs> <At> least- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let it,
6: that marinate
4: for a second. I guess for, I don't know.
6: <laughs> for the the, the, the the what you were saying about it, like who the movie was for, like I I I I really like it. I don't know. It spoke to me, and then re- watching it again the, this past week, like I, I remembered that there were so many things about it that i imagine like because i first saw it when i was in high school i imagine this is what college is going to be like these are what the (laughs) going to be like and part of that is that like i i've typically been around people that were older than me uh like for most of my life i when i got to college it was it was a lot uh, as opposed to what this film was there were a lot of people that smoked a lot of pot and played a lot of video games and then uh and i i wanted it to be much more low-key much more like the the setting of this movie and uh and it's like no 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 one's interested in doing that no one's interested in like having discussions about anything it's we want to be up at 3 a.m watching a limitate and you know doing (laughs) shots of beer uh, like power uh, hour, which then I, I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then I, you know, this is the college experience. This is what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that instead. And, um, I mean,
3: I watched PCU and I think I got it right.
6: Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
4: Explain so much. Yes. Uh, reality bites. Oh, yeah. Also like mm-hmm. a similar, I, uh,
6: PCU and reality bites two movies that I forced my friends to go see and they, they absolutely hated me for.
4: Oh <laughs> yeah, we better friends. Or needed better friends.
6: Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go
3: see PCU with you.
6: Oh okay, great. <laughs> Thank you.
4: But you're gonna thumb your nose at Reality Bites? Look, I see. I follow your letterbox. <laughs> I know what you watch. Hey,
6: you're know <laughs> no you
4: gonna get fancy.
6: No offense, Reality Bites. I wanted Reality. I haven't two. seen it since it I, came I, out, man. It, it may I, suck. I wanted to be Singles Part Two, and it, and it wasn't Singles Part it Two. It was not. Yeah, that's um, that's. That's for sure. Correct. Wasn't mm.
4: Forrest setting up a clip? Where did he go? Is he still here? Is he on the show know. still? Who knows? I don't know. Oh. I, think he,
7: I, think, I think he got executed.
4: <laughs> uh, I will say that the... Uh, I, I seen that I don't think um, is given enough credit. Is the Parker Posey revealing that, you know, with the sign, I cheated right. on you? Then, and then with, like, the frowny face? Yeah.
6: <laughs> Wait, which... Yeah, no, go ahead.
4: Sorry. No, I was gonna say, and then the ensuing scene afterwards, which yeah. which is very funny. Like, it's, which, but it's like,
6: it's it's funny, crazy. But it's it's, but it's also like like weirdly mature for, for yeah. people that are that age. That like, I don't know anybody that that uh, like, yeah, that, that was that age that would take that news and just go, oh, okay, well, you know what, we're gonna move past it together. And yeah. uh, and of course, then he goes back to the group. And, and just and disbands the Cougars uh, because of you know or at least shuts out Max uh, <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, presumably still stays with Miami. But
4: who's great? I mean, yeah.
6: you know, yeah.
4: I'm obviously a biased source, but yeah, <laughs> like oh, she, I, her character, she's character is her character is great. Barkinbozzi's always great.
6: I, I, Almost
7: I, like a Love Actually moment.
6: Uh, I, I did make a note that uh, I, I did check because uh, uh, there's a conversation where Grover, Grover's talking to his dad uh, about Pat Riley and uh, his marriage. And I did check uh, Pat Riley, as of the time of this recording, is still happily married. So, oh, wow. uh, he, yeah, it, Grover's dad know. was uh, was incorrect.
4: So, okay.
6: Wow.
4: Let the record show. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like the whole like... First of all, the, the telling him through the sign thing, I don't think I've ever seen that ever mm-hmm. anywhere. Interesting. Cool. And then, like, with the addendum of the frowny face, like, hilarious, but also kind of, like, whoa, okay. Uh, and then, but then, like, with the go, go, go now, like, and then he starts, like, imitating, like, what she's yep. saying. I Funny. Funny <laughs> and, like, something that, like, honestly... I could see myself in that situation around that time. Right. As someone who's, you know, like maybe a little bit too smart ass for my own good. Most of the time.
2: The very, uh, it's a very lived in college relationship experience too, right? Like, right. cause it, you could, you could tell it, he like, like, why does she keep this kind of like dog kind of golden retriever ass guy around anyway? Like that everybody right. kind of just shits on and he runs right back to them every time. And it's like, Oh, well I guess he's like pretty funny when he's not. Uh, yeah. Like
4: he works, his motif is not a large group. Like, being, well, the, being the alpha. Yeah, right? like, yeah,
6: like like you were saying, like, the, the totem pole of it, when he's not the low man on the totem pole, then he's actually just, he, he can be an equal to her. Yeah. So.
2: Although she's kind of someone who's uh, a little bit dominating a lot. Like, I think she sleeps with, um, she, she sleeps with like the, the, the friend because, uh, they're kind of very similar. Like they both do the same caddy thing where mm-hmm. they're, um, you know, people watching and everybody at the bar, they're like, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, that guy's going to get a date rape charge. Like this person's <laughs> that, like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. that classic, uh, people watching game,
4: <laughs> which does come from a place of insecurity. So they're like, maybe like sort of like insecure in the same, in yeah. similar ways. And right. I think that that's, that's relatable as well, and the fact that like, and again, that, that the 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 growth of that organically, and just the general like, wow, that's really terrible.
2: Well, and <laughs> the fact you. that these are all friends that are so insecure with themselves, they end up talking the same is a pretty like incredible detail. Of Which gets m-
4: remarked on that. That was uh, N- Nando Vila, a friend of the show and former guest of the show, mentioned that like him and his friends in his review that him and his friends like had a similar thing where. But I think girls, yeah. girls would accuse him of talking the same, but that's a very real thing. Where it's like if you're around the same people all the time, you'll adopt certain mannerisms and things like. That. Especially if you're at a, at a point where you're still sort of uh, generating your identity, right? Like creating, yeah. like finding out who you are, and like trying different things on. Like, oh, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm movie quote guy this week. Well, now people, get to, <laughs> <You know? laughs> now
2: people get to do that with online, right? Like your social right. media presence. You know what I mean? Like I think it used to be way more uh, in, in real life trying something out. Um, whereas now it's kind of – I notice that people formulate their identities around something online. Like they're like, oh, I'm like the meme person. It's like I've never heard you yeah. tell a joke in real life, motherfucker, ever. Like <laughs> –
3: yeah, there was that week in college when I thought I was going to be the suit-wearing guy, and I and I remember going to like my pottery class wearing a suit and just like this isn't this isn't going to work.
2: And everyone's like, "Who invited this fucking FBI agent to our <laughs> pottery class?" Can I help Come you? Hello, fellow there? kids.
4: <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have a clip you want to play it for us, or, or should oh
2: um, yeah, so I well, I have a couple of ones where he's talking about writing it. Um,
4: I, I'd be interested. I, this is a very well-written movie. Uh, and it's well written in the fact that it's purposely overwritten because, again, the point is is to like there's pseudo pretentious things being said, but then it's remarked upon that they're pretentious. And more often than not, if you have a slight uh, any kind of a self awareness or acumen, you're going to be like, oh, well, this is just like someone sounding off and being like, oh, did you know that I read this? And th-? yeah, we know. we
0: Everybody which, knows. Which, to be fair,
2: throughout Noah Baumbach's career, I think it's gotten less self-aware. That he's yes. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think his, his his
4: his worst got more. I mean, the classic word is mature, right? It's gotten more mature in, in that he is, yeah, but not so felt still, the need to point he that still out. Defines his
2: yeah. characters by like these obscure references that they put out, or like this, you know, this like a very a very um. I, I don't know. I, I feel like these which is are the, working through something, in, in a lot which of is ways.
4: hilarious because like uh, adapting that DeLillo book, the White Noise, is like that is the most obscurest, just like intellectuals like t- t- like <laughs> adam adam driver's character is like what like the the, the chief expert of hitlerology and, and like, like it's sort of like it's so over pronounced like and almost cartoonish it's almost like it's a well, like meta commentary like, on like, his own uh
2: catalog in, in france's ha right she's saying that she's gonna read Proust when she's in uh, Prague and yeah. Hawaii, it's just like, well, you know, because that's just what you do. And she's like, proud's is pretty yeah. like it's pretty thick or whatever. And like the girl's like the girl's like, no, I mean, like the book itself, like it's a pretty big, pretty dense book. She's like, it's pretty yeah. dense and bring on a plane.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here's yeah. War and Peace, you know, OK. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: and where the characters, I mean, you know, I think this is probably a question that gets asked a lot about a lot of your movies, but, uh, you know, was there a kind of direct analog that, uh, you know, the character of Max was based on this person that you knew and the character of Otis was based on this person? Or was it more of a kind of amalgam? It, it, in the beginning, m-
1: more so. It was like, Otis oh, is Matt, Max is Beau, right. Rover was kind of me, right. and Skippy was our friend Rob, more by default. <laughs> uh, and, He's just uh, calling
4: them out on um, this.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> and but that changed pretty mm. quickly. I think this they started to become other things and and meld and we would use other and it it and also the the whole the the sort of story of Kicking and Screaming which was, it was called Fifth Year at that time too, mm-hmm. and, and I, part of me still, not just because there was a Will Ferrell movie with the same title, but part of me still f- wishes mm-hmm. I'd kept that name, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it was, it, the, the story of Kicking and Screaming was so not what we were, I mean it was kind of like mentally what we were doing, emotionally what we were doing, but we weren't Still at college, so no, right. it had the whole milieu was different than, and we hadn't gone to college together either. So right. it it was fictionalized enough immediately that things started to change pretty quickly.
5: Well, uh, we we'll take a look at a scene. This is from relatively early in the film, but I, I like it because it's you sort of get to see the interplay of of most of the major uh, characters in the film, and and there's such wonderful uh, comic performances. And and for people who haven't seen the film, it is a film about people who have graduated from college, but are still sort of lingering around, living right near campus and not really sure what they're going to do with their lives. And the two main characters, uh, uh, Max and Grover, in this scene, they've just come back from dropping their other friend Otis off at the airport, who's supposed to be going off to to graduate school, but that that proves to be short-lived. So we'll take a look at uh, this uh, scene from Kicking and Screaming.
4: We I absolutely will not.
6: I I, I really like the in that scene that he was going to show. I, I I really like the little touch that they get out of the car. They've gone to the grocery. They get out of the car and uh, there's a kid standing there with a basketball, and uh, Max just goes, "Hey, Jacob," and I just like that. It, it's like they just like a like they don't even need that that kid. That kid doesn't have to be there. But he wrote into yeah. the script that yeah, there's. Like, they, they've clearly lived in this neighborhood long enough that they've developed some sort of, you know, thing with the, the neighbor kid. And, uh, yeah, just- and
2: I, I feel like I feel like also, I mean, like Otis doesn't live with them. He lives with the mom and uh, Chet obviously doesn't live there. Like, I feel like but I feel like everybody has that house when they're in yeah. college, right, that everybody goes and hangs out at it because that's the house. that like, you know, if you're living with your parents, that's the house that, um. You know that people can just do whatever because it's just your college friends, or like uh, that's the house everyone's always kind of just hanging out at. And this this film does a lot of justice to like that house, to so, like the 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 vibe of just kind of having people um, chilling, not really doing anything, not really talking about anything important, not really like just trying to figure out what they're going to do next, whether that's going to like the bar or whatever. Like and just like the the inaneness of it, or like the the I guess banality and and like mundane kind of uh, vibe around that house specifically.
3: Mm-hmm. Also how brown everybody like dressed and, and uh, interior decorating was at the time. That was mm. – talk about being of the time, man. So People many were like,
7: earth the tones. 90s is all colorful, and I'm like, no, nah, it's brown. It was brown. earth tones,
4: man. Yeah. It was yeah. all earth tones. Yeah, we all wish we looked like it in party color, Wood-looking
7: tonight. walls.
4: Yeah. Fucking McDonald's was like – looked like a freaking beige explosion. Yeah.
7: <laughs> They Nowadays, are, like, at our- uh, capitalism breeds innovation, yet Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, everything that's, like, privately owned, they all look the same now, the buildings. On the outside, it's ridiculous. I'm like...
4: Moving to Extravaganza, brought to you by all of those fast food restaurants that Christina
2: just mentioned. Moving to and Olive Garden. Brought to you by The and Color garden. Brown. There you go. <laughs> the Color Brown.
4: Well, That'd be awesome off- if we could like get sponsored for the show, but from abstract concepts. Moving to extravaganza brought to you by Beach.
2: Yo, if anyone has a job at Beach, not you know, Hit us up. You wanna, I'm lo- I'm looking I-, I need some money and I-, I love I love to work at Beach. Sliding
7: down. you do beach hair?
2: <laughs> um but uh no like I-, I like um like office space last week, right? Like was that, that movie's very gray. So, like, kind of like the the yeah. first, we're doing a very gray movie, and now we're doing a very brown, a very a very <laughs> <movie> kind of. <laughs> well, late nineties
3: was very gray. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, you, there were still like the punctures of browns, which which you can see in like uh, the the brown shirt that everybody seemed to be wearing. I saw punctures of
4: brown at Gilman in '97.
3: Actually.
0: <laughs>
3: Thank you. Sounds like a bad time. No. Oh no, not that. Was it a band or or just the bathroom?
4: A joke, Andy. There's no yeah. such band that I'm aware of. Yeah.
3: I mean, that would be a cool band
4: name. <laughs> you could do worse. I've I've definitely played with bands with worse band names. Uh I, Chet is such a great character.
2: And, and Chet is pretty much everybody that because I mean New has like so New Paltz here.
4: Yeah, how many like, chets do you know for us? You must oh, know a few. All own. of them.
2: I know, yeah. Literally, like literally, like literally everyone that works at a bar in town, pretty much everybody that works Chet, at a bar. you betcha most like there's so many people that just came here specifically for school which i assume in poughkeepsie too where where he went uh you know like around the vaster campus they just end up living here and they live here forever like they're they're like 40 years old and they like graduated uh you know in class of like 90 something or something like you know what i mean like they're
4: they stuck around yeah and
2: just and just stuck around and then like made a life for themselves in a in a college town that's like a transient town and it's like uh you know as as time goes on everything about the town like the people in it change, but like the landmarks don't and it's the same people that have been there year after year after year they're like oh i brought my now i have a family now i have like kids and i'm still in my old college town and like sometimes they go to the fucking bar and they just like hey guys new college kids these are the you know I no matter how old i
3: get they say the same age <laughs> all right all right
2: all right all right all right i remember uh
3: meeting the chats whenever i was at uh kaz and um it it just always seemed weird to me uh and i had kind of forgotten about them until uh watching the movie like oh yeah a big
2: part of i think a big part of the reason that things are like that here is that the city is like 90 minutes away New York City, right. obviously, when I say the city. Of course, yes, New are, like, York City, famous you know, city. But I mean, no, but like the same thing with Poughkeepsie, where Vassar is. Like people, uh, a lot of times, just well, that li- lived in the city their whole lives will just move up here, like, you know, 90, 90 minutes away or 70 minutes away in the case of Poughkeepsie. And like, that's their thing. They're like, oh, this is a completely different place. Um, So they- they're like, they've been able to like reinvent themselves upstate or get a second house upstate and live next to their college. <laughs>
4: well, and I think that it's explored too that. Like again, one of one of Chet's first first scenes is when like at, at the at the party, right? And there's a, the the woman who's like on staff and is like very excited. Oh, cool, like someone my own age, and then it was like sorry, Gail. Gail, her name. Gail, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and and is like, oh, this fucking guy. Like, I don't want anything to do with this dude. And then like he just starts opining and monologuing eventually to no one, with the bartender still looking at him while he's doing it, which is deeply great like great. That's just a wonderful scene. Uh, but it tells you everything you need to know about chat, which, in, as a meta commentary, is like, "Oh, this is this is how it's going to go for you guys if you just like stick around." Like this this is this is the path, and like he rationalizes it to himself, seems to be happy about it. But like, yo, yeah, you're well, it's a very like self
2: acceptance kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, I've accepted. Right. Like, uh, well, he, we, he's then, like, I'm going to audit some classes,
4: <laughs> and you know, like, hey, okay, dude, sure. <laughs> I mean, like
2: yeah yeah well you can see him also like prepping skippy to be him like oh, one hundred he's like he's like teaching him like and he does the same thing with otis he's giving him all like oh don't sit c- too close to the tv like they make the joke at the beginning like it's like having a parent around <laughs> and uh and he he acts like a parent like, don't sit too close to the tv but the thing is that you know the other the other kid whose name don't is, stream like,
7: for 12 hours staring at the computer screen's bad for you but like the the other kid kind of acts
2: like a parent too the the rich kid i forget uh, I don't know why that, his name's yeah Max, his, his name's <laughs> slipped. But like, but Max acts kind of like his parent too, giving him all this advice and stuff, and feels almost threatened when uh, Chet comes around as someone who's basically a parent. Uh, well, you know, Max's <laughs>
4: character, but the, yeah, because Max's character is he's big on like. He has the answer to everyone's problems and just is far too busy to give out said answer. Yeah, like that—that's his whole like identity proposition, right? And and, and part of it is because he thinks he's, he's the smartest dude in the world. And sometimes he is, mm-hmm. and sometimes he isn't. But he doesn't have that self-awareness to realize that. Go ahead, Chris.
6: So sorry, uh, it's uh, it was Jocelyn actually. Gail is the yeah, the uh, creative writing class. Uh, yeah, I just want mm-hmm. to correct myself.
4: I don't know did do you get the sound effect if you do it to yourself? I don't know.
2: I we, go, so. go. I we we gotta invert it. Dun 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 self correction. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Eric Stoltz is not it's more Ill, somber sound almost fire. So you know, I do I do really like the line <laughs> while, uh,
2: <laughs> when he says, I love that you drink. I love a bartender who drinks because what fucking bartender ah. doesn't drink dude like well i know a couple bartenders that are like sober. well
4: alcoholics for
3: what yeah one. but like <laughs> but <for the laughs> who drinks it? alcohol it, it's, it just
2: a very, doesn't drink. it's a very uh 22 year old thing to say right like yeah, you've been to this course. bar mm. and this is this bar and you finally know a bartender well enough to be like oh this is what this guy does and you know what i mean like in the moment of uh giving him this advice or whatever he's like i love a bartender that drinks but it's like Guy, that's most of them that's that's yeah. all of them that aren't alcoholics that are like that hate themselves enough to be next to it all the time,
4: <laughs> well, especially if you at a towny bar too where it's like well, it okay.
2: can relate to that yeah we got we got towny bars and they're they're the ones that end up ah, with the you? people that are uh No, but they're the ones that end up with the people that went here for college. (laughs) Considering
4: considering how much time they spend in bars, it's amazing how much trash is talked about Milwaukee, which is ninety percent bars. Thank you.
7: (laughs) Speaking of bars in the after party, I'll talk about my Barbenheimer trivia experience at this bar that I went to. Well, I did not get carded. (laughs) Shh. Uh,
2: Why would? All right. Oh, I I don't think I've gotten carded anywhere. Like, I I think that is an insult. Not getting carded. I'm like, because I'm like, yeah. yo, do I look 40 to you? Like, do I look. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it, it no, just the thing he's talking shit about with um Milwaukee is that the school that he's supposed to be going to. I, I know.
4: I know, but like, it, it's a goddamn joke, dude.
2: I know, but it, it's funny that they do talk that, that shit about Milwaukee because it, it's clearly something he's afraid of. That yeah. He's like, oh, like, they're not going to be like that in Milwaukee. It's like a totally different place. And as someone who, like, you know, just right. went to from New York to Milwaukee for the first time. <laughs> it really isn't right. like, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> and,
4: and it's. But again, you got to remember at the time too. This is also like, you know, it's just like, oh, that's just some a name that I know that is in the Midwest where there's like people that work at auto plants and things because those that was still a thing. Let's remember that was like yeah. NAFTA had not gutted this country
2: yet. And apparently, they don't know about his uh, like mechanical engineering Um <laughs> which, or whatever.
6: Which I. I, like i have one of the things that i like about this movie uh, you know i like a lot of things about this movie uh is the depiction of the friends that instead of like so many movies like uh like a staying almost fire or something where it would the the friends know all about each other and you know we're gonna be right. friends forever like sort of deal that like we're all up in each other's business and they max can't even remember like he's at that scene where he's like it it, you know uh, otis with his mechanical engineering and grover with his 2t and (laughs) that like they're well, the Grover one's a little weird. I mean, he but just- those details aren't even
4: important to him to like enough to retain. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: but it, but it's like you know, yeah, we're friends, but we don't have to like know everything about each other. We can we can live independently of one another, and the less
7: I know of you guys, the better. But you <laughs> don't let that happen. How dare you, first? Yeah. Of
2: no like there's, there's
7: not me like... I
2: can't believe
4: you're talking about Andy and Forrest that way.
7: I know.
2: <laughs> well I, there's not much to know about me right now. I mean, you know, I'm not... <laughs> we
4: just vibing.
2: <laughs> um, no but I, I like I like the, the things that they do know about each other that does stick in his mind, right? Like the things that he's capable of having stick in his mind. Like this fucking kind of pretentious rich kid that thinks he's the smartest kid in the world yeah. are like these inane details that like annoy him about his friends, but he's not able to right. remember like that he can retain. Them. Yeah. But like, yeah,
7: it's massive. Like, it's, it's, it's like, like you're, 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 you know, you're in a friend group, right? And then when you hear them talk about things that they're deeply into and you start to realize, why am I friends with these people? They just seem so foreign to me. And I don't understand what, like I was friends with people, with the kids who were deep into anime. Mm. I was not into anime at all, mm. but somehow also, I think it's also threatening
2: to this kid, right? Because he has no idea what he wants to do. Like you don't see him mm. ever say, I'm trying
7: to you? set if I need 50 cents
4: from Christina for that story <laughs>
2: or not, but, but you never, never see him say anything he's interested in. Personally, he re- maintains like this ironic distance from all of it. And every time his friend, right, are which, like, tell, which somehow
4: he are. considers laudable. Oh, yeah. That's a laudable goal. That's smart to him. Where it's like, no, that's just yeah. dis- dis- disconnection. That's not. Mm. That's not intelligence.
7: Also, you. dude, this was at a time where we where people assumed that because you're you're rich, you're smart.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of rich people still feel that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but so it is. Was- but it but it is notable yeah like what is and isn't retained right and this but also remember that this is from a different era like the pre-social media era where like you didn't just like the good old have days people telling you everything about their life all the time always
6: you know and, and that was uh, it, it occurred to me too in one of the recent rewatchings is that this that you know this movie could be made in some form today but a lot of it it doesn't translate like that they, right. they, they don't have access to social media they did there's one computer in their house presumably and it's right. grover's room and he uses it to write stories and that's it yep uh that's 1995 they, yeah exactly i was gonna say the
4: the, the the family computer even if the family is a bunch of dudes living cheaply
6: yeah they <laughs> they, they, they have a landline and they have a, a really old uh answering machine and that that's it and i think
4: Ah, hard relatable. It's so I great. mean I live I live that exact life at yeah. that exact time, you know although it wasn't in college it wasn't it was just uh you know
7: yeah like I went to a technical college so like I was more focused on like my education and it's weird because like it's different from when you're going to like a community college or a trade school a technical college there's not like that college scene really unless they have like activities on campus but like, Everyone's like, did you have like the college experience? I'm like, no, I went to technical college. I'm like, you know, we, we don't, we, people get embarrassed when you say you go to a technical college, which I just never understood. I'm like, a well, college is a college to me.
3: You, well, you could be embarrassed it. if you mishear it like I just did because I thought you said
7: tentacle college at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, Whoa. Whoa.
4: I went to tentacle college, I matriculated with, there. I
3: went to university.
2: <laughs> um no but like i i think i think this movie kind of does a good job at like uh exposing like the superficiality though of that college experience where it's like oh you know like what do people do in college well they hook up for the first time and like cheat on their boyfriend like what do people do in college while well, they sit around and drink at like the local hot bar that you know everybody wants to meet girls at uh the hole which <laughs> is not the place i would like if, if they're like hey, boring the i'd be like no
7: i don't too much.
4: Don't much i don't <laughs> need do that I made zines and started playing guitar, but I also I, had <laughs> addicts for parents, so I didn't really fuck with a lot of that stuff. So maybe a little bit different, but yeah, the, the idea of there being like again not just a computer, but the one computer that everyone shares in the house. Oh
3: yeah, I, that that was no, I remember borrowing my roommate's room uh, word processor, screaming
4: 56k modem. <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead. laughs> well,
3: I also I also like that I also like when he
2: goes to the party at the dorms. And it's just like it's just a bunch of kids dancing to, oi. And like <laughs> I've I've I've
4: I've both been to parties like that and also situations like the 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 sex scene with like the other couple in the same room.
7: Yep. Well yeah, because like, your a, roommate's like, hey, I'm gonna bring my boyfriend or whatever, and I'm like, oh god. Your no. roommate
3: leaves the door open while you're having sex. Well I like I like how, how
2: intrinsically awkward everything in that situation goes. <coughs> he, he trips over the, the bong and doesn't have a con. <laughs> Tripping again, over
4: the bong and the bong water goes everywhere is classic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I do like that he wasn't afraid to have the guy be like, bro, my bong, bro, like <laughs> <laughs>
3: why did you like, like in the, middle of the floor? well but know it's this thing where you <laughs> know messy way, college kids
2: you no longer fit into like this hookup culture at schools because it's weird that you're not in that school anymore and you're hanging out around the campus is fucking creeping anyway but like he's he's out of that stage but like you know is absolutely terrified and, and empty and only has like a superficial knowledge of like some things and like can't really you know like do it like nobody in this movie could function without like their group of friends who are also equally dysfunctional because they're all lost. And it's just it's like it's a, it's a very uh, trying to fit like a, a round peg in a square hole. Um, every time they interact with like anybody really in this movie.
4: Well, and that also kind of brings up the the whole thing. What's the the, the Carabuano? How you say her, say her name? Her character's yeah.
6: name? Uh, like, who is not of age?
2: Yeah, right. That was a little.
6: Yeah. Which which I double checked, and uh, so. Uh, at the time that this movie was released, uh she was she would have been around twenty four. So I, I yeah, I like there's no way that she was actually seventeen. <laughs> and, right, right, right.
4: It was it's deserved uh, the script for that to be the case.
6: Of course, Chris Eichmann was uh, uh around thirty. So, right, right. Uh, but, which
4: which is some real like first Sam Raimi Spider Man movie high school Right. Uh, <laughs> levels which by the way
7: i saw that was like the first movie i saw in theaters and a lot of people like can you take your kids see pg-13 movies and i'm like what does the pg stand for pretty good yeah. exactly
3: <laughs>
7: but, but uh, the one thing you know coming back to, to uh,
3: that character the one thing that actually kind of took me out of that movie was um, there was a division line in like Venus girth, like,
2: girth 13 13
3: there is a dividing line in like 1992 <laughs> 93 where you can have people with that hairstyle that she had and yeah. then uh, girls with like long straight hair
7: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, that was that was like something happened in, in once yeah, ninety three hit. It, something completely uh,
3: Yeah, I was I was working on a project that, that never saw the fluffy light of bows or thin and brows or I brows. Like looking through old yearbooks. Uh and you can see this line of like like, you know, uh senior, junior, they all have the big hair like that. Freshman, so, uh sophomore that they, 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 they look like they're uh, you know, grunge queens. And, I believe uh, probably
7: me Sydney Crawford probably started that or the the, the, the heroine chic was of, of like the fashion industry was kind that of that was you know, Kate
4: Moss that was all yeah guys.
7: Kate Moss too like yeah. you know like that you know that, Not that I would of...
4: know from personal experience of course but I are,
7: mean yeah. no but obviously when <laughs> I think well, of her when chic I think of Kate Moss
2: her character uh the Kate character kind of reminds me of like Brittany Murphy as Ty in uh in Clueless in uh, school and like it's like kind of a virgin like,
7: who can't drive
2: yeah so like that I don't know for some reason like that character reminded me of like the slightly rough fucking Brooklyn accent girl that's like Trying to fit in with them, I love. But I love that she's the one that's like, you guys all talk the same.
4: Yeah, her character is actually great. And like when she gets out and threatens the dude who's like wants the parking spot, he'd already
6: rather be bow hunting. Yeah, (laughs) so good. That's such a good
4: line.
2: Well, every time something happens with that, when that kid's like ironic coolness, I guess, has to like leave him, you know what I mean? And he has to like actually face up yeah. to everything. He's like such a pussy. He's lost. Guy, like, he's, he's totally like, lost. Yeah. The first line is like, oh, I don't drive. And but he says it with such like condescension. Yeah. It, it's it's the, the I don't own a
4: TV is what they mm-hmm. used to be.
2: That sentence had that same inflection I'm like, all
4: right, what do you want? A fucking metal? Nobody well, when, he, when, when he's yeah.
6: explaining like <laughs> what uh, everything that he has to do. To get through the crossword puzzle as opposed to otis watching tv and i have to figure out contractions and uh, like it's like you're you're doing literally nobody cares yeah Yeah. i'm
2: figuring out words i'm basically like taking another college class it's basically my fifth year of college classes which it's only words we haven't brought up is uh the fucking line when Chet brings them a dictionary and he's like, I'm gonna look up blowjob and then yes. later on you see fucking Chet looking the book and he's laughing at something yes. like <laughs>
6: I like that they, they just leave him at the house while he's reading the dictionary. They're like Phil yeah, yeah. Grover that they were going to the bar and he's like, Okay. And just okay, busy. Now, <laughs> now,
3: um who here has read the dictionary because you're bored, uh, you know, hanging out with friends. Yeah, well, no, no, not not hanging out with friends, but yeah, yeah. I I I definitely read the dictionary for fun as
7: a kid, and that probably says a lot about my
4: loquacious aesthetic, ooh.
7: (laughs) I found found that to be boring. I was like, I was more into, like, learning about Titanic than, like, reading the dictionary, so. (laughs) There's two
2: kinds of kids. One of those kids, they spend their time reading the dictionary. The other one of those kids, you know, they learn about Titanic. You
7: could rather be one or the
2: other. Inside you are two wolves. (laughs) I was going for it.
4: And one will sink. But I love you know, like the whole Max thing with the you know, the, about nostalgia, right? Like he's nostalgic nostalgic for conversations he had yesterday and stuff like that. It's so like like low grade poignant but like attempting to be poignant at the same time. And that's like what makes it such a such a like great and sharp line because it's like, you know, he's he's like whatever he's like I'm reminiscing this right now. I, and I can't go. Wait, well, I can't go to the bar. Why well, can't he go to the bar? Because like I can't go to the he bar did, because it,
2: yeah, he's he didn't have
4: he, a good time in the right. future when he looked back on it. Yeah, like
2: it's, yeah, yeah.
6: It's Wait, like, which, which is great because it was like I mean, it, to your point about like him like st- kind of being like ill prepared for the world and feeling yeah. weak and useless that he's or being scared of being useless is that that he talks about how he he wishes that he he was like he had gone to war and now he's he's lived a life and now he can just relax and he's done all this stuff already but then when he's alone he's looking in the mirror saying uh what do you do oh i do nothing and he's yeah, yeah. he's yeah. just giving himself shit about how he he does nothing but he he wants to have already done everything and it's like no right. it's it's because you're just so scared of doing it he he well, wants I, yeah. he doesn't want
4: to do things, but he wants to have done stuff and be known and respected right. for the guy that has been done stuff,
6: right. yeah, I mean,
2: so he's a rich kid. <laughs> You're a rich like, kid Um, no, but like I, I feel like I, that is kind of like a cool like when he's like, uh, you know some like sometimes I wish we had just gone to war or whatever, like that is what kids used to do instead of college, right like Uh, you know once you're like a man like that's where you become a man in college you don't really learn like how to become like they don't give you the same kinds of uh step-by-step instructions you get when someone starts shooting at you and i think that like well now they do do.
7: but now (laughs) but they do have books on how to be a man and one of them is about horses
2: (laughs) but no like but like what, what i'm saying is like uh you know those kinds of experiences like he's lost without that kind of experience like somebody teaching him how to be an adult how to be a man and he's like, I, oh, I wish we had that because he's stuck in this perpetual adolescent thing because nobody knows, has any idea what they want to do. <laughs> you don't forget nobody
7: wants it, to work anymore. Nobody it, wants it, to it, figure it, out what it, they want to do. It takes us back to anymore. like, you know, the lie that we we're being fed that, oh, you know, you've you got to go to college, you know, you got to go to college, get a degree, you get a good job, you know, you can buy that house, buy that car, you know, get married, have family. That, that was the beginning of all that, to, to be honest.
4: Well, for sure, and kind of harking back to your earlier point, I mean, Max and uh, Kate's whole interaction is also – that's perfect for him because, like, he gets to have his, like, air of achievement about him with someone who's just genuinely, like, even less experienced in the world than she is. And by the way, I love that was I'm going to be 17 tomorrow and it's like, oh, yeah, I can read 17 magazine and get all the references now. Great. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. That's a fucking (laughs) – that's objectively great line. That is. Honestly, a creepy situation, but, like – Funny line. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. That's, I, <laughs> I laughed my ass off. I was like, "That's amazing." Well, they only kissed.
2: She, yeah, I mean, she's, only, gonna, she's only going to. She's to to first base with him. Like she a
4: lot base. of people. <laughs> let me tell you about these letterbox one-liners. At least a quarter of them are like referencing that relationship. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> fine, I get it. Another quarter of them are just quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, are we? Uh, are we uh, yeah, are we? Okay, cool. So uh, <coughs> uh, so Letterboxd, of course, is a social media site for film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the movies that they love, the movies that they maybe didn't love, the movies that they seriously want to endlessly quote over and over again as a review. That's a review. Just a quote of the movie. That's it. Uh, and of course, all this is best expressed succinctly. Uh, you know, It's a bottom-up democracy. Not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world get to have their say. By the way, Siskel and Ebert both like this movie. Shouted out on their show, even. Uh, nice. best express expressed the same. Also succinctly. shouted out
2: uh, Ebert at the beginning of it. He's like, um, "Oh, do you like this person or this person? Would you be stuck on an island with them?" And he's like, "Well, with Ebert."
4: Maybe that's why he's got to like reference <laughs>
2: those dudes. If those dudes
4: got <laughs> mentioned, they'd be like, "It's a great movie. We love it. Three yeah. thumbs up."
3: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't disparage <laughs> them in the reference.
4: Anyway, uh, all this is uh, best expressed succinctly for the purposes of this bit. These are the Letterbox One liners for kicking and screaming. Let's go. Who wants to be an old couple with me?
0: Mm.
3: Great line, really cool scene, actually. Yeah, that, that that whole scene is just like one of the best written romance scenes I, I've seen, like in a long time.
6: That might be my favorite end for a movie. I I just I absolutely love that last scene.
3: And that's
4: when I referenced uh, Link Letter earlier. I was thinking about just like like the, the naturalism of uh, something like Before Sunrise in that same way. Cause it's like I think all of that stuff, the flashback stuff with Olivia Dabo's character, is just gold, Mm -hmm. hundred percent gold. Yeah. I love Insufferable Men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, do I have a
2: movie for you?
4: (laughs) Yeah, nothing more to say there. (laughs) I like a bartender to the drinks.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Hey, I mean, bar- bartender. Line, though. Like, you're really, like, what, like, oh, like, you, what you like is that a bartender will drink with you, right? Like right. Well,
3: of course, yeah, that's the tacit. Yeah. yeah. That's that's always the best part is when the bartender drinks with
4: you. Like right? like. Or maybe, like, be like, whoa, you guys did a live podcast? Oh, whoa. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. I thought, I totally thought we were going to get free drinks when he said that. We didn't. But oh. anyway.
3: <laughs> Jeez, and like, I talked <laughs> out like, right after that trick, like, you guys are shoving it in my hand. Thank you, thank you. We
2: should have we should have said we'll uh, pass this thing along to uh, Ben Burgess, the the famous podcaster. If uh... exactly, (laughs) he'll
4: handle the bill. Oh, sorry. (laughs)
6: While while we're talking about uh, drinks, real quick, I I had noted that uh, when Otis is talking about blacking out at the beginning of the movie, uh, Hmm. and uh, Max is telling him that he has a problem, Otis at the time has three different drinks sitting in front of him. (laughs) So. So Otis might really have a problem.
4: You might actually have a problem.
6: Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Or or be so antsy and indecisive that he can't yeah. figure out which of those drinks that he should be drinking, and you know, just go with one my, with the
3: food in it. That's that's the yeah. one you want to drink. Six
4: and one half does the other. I said. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the drinks. White people be let's ha- be like let's hang out with my friends Grover and Skippy.
7: <laughs> Ding that Skippy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but that's that is real though
7: like it uh, was these like are paper. like the weird the whitest never mind <laughs> that's it, that's,
4: it is it is definitely peace and love peace and love stuff white people like uh for sure another iconic 90s hot girl role for parker posey mm-hmm. testify yes i have no notes
2: and she didn't even true. have to have uh joaquin phoenix venom shot inside of her <laughs> exactly
4: call a win walk away Cookie Man, pro life?
2: <laughs> nah, Cookie Man, pro choice.
4: <laughs> that is such a bizarre. Like, is that even a non sequitur? It's written. I, I, I don't.
2: know. I, oh, I thought they were trying to smear the, the the Cookie Man, like like he's running for something or like student government or something, and they're like, is Cookie Man pro
4: life? Yeah,
3: I, I did not get Cookie Man. Like, like I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like there's a whole like it's just 15 minutes of this movie that. Maybe. It's just, yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole Cookie Man origin story. Well, no, you know like, he, like, fell into a batter. I, I think of it as the Cookie it's Man a, expanded universe. It's a
2: lived-in yes. lived in inside joke. Like, it's a kind of inside joke that we're not privy to, but we kind of get because they kind of explain it to Grover because he's the Noah Baumbach corollary, despite the fact right. that Noah Baumbach is in this movie. Whoa! Meta mm. moment. <laughs> anyway,
4: Cookie Man pro-life. There you go. What I wouldn't give to be a pretentious bum in the 90s. <laughs>
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) well you can only really do it right after college though right like that's the time to be a a hipster like a pretentious bum which is what they are they're like the proto they're proto hipsters right like they're they're those kids yeah the the, the the older hipsters there's
4: definitely like a countdown clock for sure of, of when it's just like all right now you're just an asshole
2: well and fucking Noah Baumbach, i feel like his movies are like uh he and wes anderson are like the kings of that kind of like the kind of person that uh, likes to throw around those kinds of references because they're also those those same kinds of people.
3: <laughs> what the
4: fuck kind of name is Grover? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: How's how's your love life,
4: Grover? <laughs> Grover. Also, Beckdale Fail as a tag on here. So that's a bold statement. Okay. Mm. Is it? I guess there's only like three women in this anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's more than that. <laughs> What would you rather do? Fuck a cow or a turkey? Hmm. Wild or farm raised?
6: <laughs> I I have no idea. Just answer the question. Well, I mean, I guess they've they've
2: broken the farm raised turkeys down enough that maybe it's easier to catch them than the wild
3: turkey. <laughs> they don't run as fast because of the uh, how big their breasts have gotten? <laughs>
2: Oof. That's
3: dark. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
4: Youth is wasted on the young.
2: Yeah. I mean I feel like I feel like that's a sentiment though that like Noah Bombach shares and that's why he's gone back and like made movies about this time period because you know as a as a person that was making movies at like uh twenty-five, he felt like he didn't do it well enough this time. So then Francis Haas, his movie like you know, his his book ended period of that, I guess, his extended uh time in the twenties.
4: There you go. These dudes totally peaked in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: If you call that peeking.
6: Yeah, well. You know. although, although I like it, Josh Hamilton shows up in Francis Ha and he's a lawyer. And even though he, he has a different name, I'd like to believe that maybe he went back to school, and became a lawyer. Now he uses maybe not his nickname, he uses his actual name, it's like uh, Alan or something like that. Mm. Ah, hey, yo, but
2: yeah. imagine imagine if your name was Alan and you decide to go by Grova. Yeah, <laughs> yo, call me Grova. There
7: are no Why multiples you- of Alan. He's just Alan. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Those are, there you go. Those are the letterbox one liners for kicking and screaming. Of course, uh please follow the show, which is uh all the at uh, Cookie Man who is pro choice over here at the Vassar adjacent uh towny bar. Logging all the stuff from uh, that we cover on this show and uh, lots more. I am Kona Neutron, the bad story finder. I will find you for bad stories. You can also follow along with me for the Criterion Challenge if you seem to see, be so inclined. Watching the highbrow stuff, the midbrow stuff, uh, Popul's Fair, uh, everything in between. J. Andrew, Passport to see World, has never been to Prague. But he has been in all the streamers watching all the weird stuff so you don't have to. Or maybe so you do. It is not for me to say. It's for you to judge. It is, it is, your, it is, it is your ability to oh pick that curriculum. Only God can judge. I, I welcome your judgment. <laughs> you can audit his classes, and his classes yes, are strange. Uh, Christina <laughs> is uh, slapping and yawning. <laughs> slapping and yawning. Uh, on Letterbox now and again, uh, I, I see her. She she she, she did, logged a couple of films that you would probably be able to guess what they are uh, lately. So uh, you know, try to try to cajole her into doing more. I don't, Chris. I don't. Th- this is not a peer pressure situation. I don't think you have a Letterbox account though, do you? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not going to promote it. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, passport. Let's let's uh let let's see the the world and the plugs at the same time. all right right
3: now you're watching us on youtube so please do those youtube things like comment subscribe hit that bell so you don't miss a video and of course the big ask is to watch the video to the end that helps other film fans find our content and you get to hear that great conan neutron song at the end there so you know do, do that uh if you're watching us over on twitch do the twitch things uh throw us a sub if you happen to have an amazon prime account you can subscribe for free doesn't cost you a penny but that actually helps us out so so we would uh, thank you for uh, considering doing that and uh, 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 all that stuff. We're on various social medias. <laughs> you were doing so great on that. I one. was, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. I kind of lost my steam right
4: there. We, what, did well, you, he, he people. Were for you just expecting to be interrupted and then like you weren't, and you're like, I don't know what to
2: do now? also, he thanked people for thinking about doing it. Like, th- thank you, thank you for considering maybe some, like. Right right, right
4: right exactly
3: yeah well anyways we're also on social media so please follow us on um facebook twitter um instagram and blue sky so you know uh find us there uh yes. follow us uh you can follow us individually or find as a collective tweeting,
2: tweeting and skeeting
3: um yeah yeah keep keep I refuse,
7: um, <laughs> I refuse to say that
3: i refuse i, I will never you type that skating me threading Yeah, so
2: so you're the first thing that I wrote on letter or on uh blue sky was uh to the window to
7: the wall. Oh, yeah, that's the first (laughs) thing everyone started doing. They did the meme, it was a whole thing, it was great.
2: Yeah, well, I got there late, so I didn't see what (laughs) everyone was doing that.
3: Not as late as me, Strangely, which nobody had in their bingo card, but yeah, yeah, whatever. But uh, well, what you should have on your bingo card is going to Patreon and supporting us over there.
4: Um, Masterful, well done.
3: i thought i'd make up for, for my earlier that's good yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um uh one of the nice things about the uh uh the patreon is that you'll always have access to our after parties um so which is exciting you can it's have access to them forever. forever
4: yes and tonight
2: um, we're doing one right yeah
3: tonight we are doing
4: one it, it would appear so yes
2: so stick around for that after we're done with this exactly we're gonna
4: we're gonna make chris rue the day that he decided to come on
3: this show <laughs> it's gonna be great Get ready to rue. So, Coden, Protonic Reversal, you had yes. uh, Chris on recently, right? I had Chris on two weeks ago, and that was
4: wonderful. And uh, we'll talk more about that when we get to his plugs, but that's great. Of course, last ep- last episode was not Chris. That was Randy Randall of No Age, who was also in this show. So, you think you'd remember that, but maybe not. Uh, but he has, uh, yeah, that show Hyphenate, uh, which. Uh, it's all The Crossing of the Streams. Got it. Understood um and that's out now so if people caught our office space episode and were like oh that sounds interesting um you know, you can you can check out the first episode on that there no protonic this week on its normal slot because we have a band announcement that day and that's what's going to be happening that that week but we have um uh, the guys from Mr. Flies are on next week and uh, uh, Mike Hard of God Bullies and Thrall it's coming back i think that's it sleepy time gorilla museum later this month, which is a big deal for certain type of <clears throat> nerd, but uh, I don't remember what date that is off the top of my head, so there you go.
3: That's fine, but but uh, you know, what else you have is, is uh, Bandcamp dot, uh, wait, sorry, I screwed that up. NeutronFriends.Bandcamp.com Yes. And, and you can get all your Conan Neutron music there. The name of the band is Conan Neutron, The Secret
4: Friends, of course, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> Do uh, we,
7: though? Yeah, well,
4: apparently we do, because Andy just feels he needs to shorthand it. Uh, We have a new LP uh, that opens up for pre-orders on Thursday, which is a split LP with the band Lung. It's called Adult Prom. And uh, it it, it looks like this. There is a uh, – their van is on one side, and uh, our van is on the other. And we're very happy with it. It's very cool. They cover one of our songs. We cover one of their songs. Kate and I do a duet. You're going to be hearing a lot more about that, and uh, I'm glad to see it be in the world.
3: So and it's it's great art too.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, in addition to that, uh, we have tour dates coming up, which technically speak, I'm not supposed to announce till Thursday, but don't narc on me. Uh, and then this is a great—you can't—I I can't read any part of the uh, actual tour information on this, but uh, this is the poster that Andy put together for us. So nice. this is the. Uh, Hey Andy, why is a
2: samurai on
3: it? <laughs> I really want to draw a samurai. I was like looking for an excuse to draw a samurai, and,
4: and lo, he found it.
3: Uh, Phoenix, Arizona;
4: Los Angeles; uh, San Francisco; Sacramento; Reno; Eugene; uh, Portland; Bellingham; and Seattle. in Seattle for Rat City Recon, which is a fantastic time. So all those dates will be long. Uh, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a great. It'll be a great time. We're also playing Louisville for the uh, Monic uh, <laughs> Schnitzel Walk. I don't know the name. Everybody is, like, so excited about this. I'm like, sure. Uh, that's notable, too, because Maplestave's playing also. Oh. So we, we played with Maplestave. That sounds exciting.
0: Yeah.
4: I think I think that's it for now. But Thursday, uh, yeah, not even a big thing's coming. Like, it's pretty much well, pre-orders going to be available then. Maybe we should have done that during Bandcamp Friday. Yeah, it might have been a good idea, huh? But we're not, so.
7: Someone seems ecstatic about going on tour.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to be able to announce these damn dates, man. It's like, it's like it's going to be like the week before when you get to announce them. So. Oh,
2: I'm 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 glad to announce these damn dates. Exactly. You're going to do the Bernie? <laughs> American
4: people are sick and tired of not knowing who Kona Neutron and their secret friends <laughs> are touring. <laughs>
2: The American people have been hearing about tour dates for a long time. You're talking about tour dates. Do you have any tour dates to announce, or are you just going to keep pulling our dick? (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Criterion Bernie's
4: getting salty. All right.
3: Not safe for work. (laughs) So, Christina, you you got your Twitch channel happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And and your uh, Patreon, you got your Twitch
4: channel happening. That's that's huh?
7: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Any anything special coming up? Uh, well, I'm gonna be dog sitting, but I'm gonna try to stream while I'm dog sitting at another. uh, They're gonna be like they're literally next door neighbors, so I can like go to the one house where the dog doesn't shut up, and then I can go to the house where the dogs are quiet and stream and stuff. But also, um, you
3: should get
2: you should get all the dogs into one house.
3: I know. I really oh, should. Yeah. So, so there's going to be a dog stream uh, coming up. So so people who enjoy seeing animals, uh, so check out uh, yes. Cosmopolitics.
2: The uh, the Mojo Doggo Casa House. <laughs> yeah.
7: yeah. Also, I'm, I'm probably hanging out with Allie, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my little yeah. sis. She's turning 21. Jesus. She's growing nice. up. I know. I mean, great. <laughs> and so we're going to be hanging out. Sometime next week and on stream together and, and talk about Barbie and drink wine and stuff like that. So it's
4: gonna be fun. She should come back on sometime. She's she's, yeah. uh, she's a good time.
2: That sounds like great. She's and a of course, good time. You know,
4: what is she? A fucking the <laughs> lady of the night? Yeah, it was a good guess.
2: Twenty one awesome means thing. she's finally gonna get in. Right. You know? exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, but but also uh, check out uh, Christina's uh, Patreon. Uh, go support her over there, and so you may yes. see dogs, and you yes. may see what's happening yes and of course chris mm-hmm. you got uh apparently you have tour dates and a new album uh
6: yeah, yeah. oh wait can i can i do, oh I, I have two notes that i didn't get to on my on my
4: no no there's final thoughts after this well, there so, yeah, are, okay okay, okay good. You, you, oh, you can
6: you can, as soon as you do the
2: the first do the plugs and then you could you have your, your time you can right. do the the second thing <laughs>
4: so, so there's maple save arguments there
6: yeah, uh, yeah. We just uh, at the beginning of the month we put out our new album, Arguments. We're gonna play a release show here in Durham on the 26th at the Pinhook, and then uh, and our bassist Chris Rasmussen is gonna fly out from Seattle to play that. And then uh, later in September we're going on a week-long tour, and uh, we haven't released any of that information yet. But we're gonna play. Uh, Louisville. sorry i just released some of it
4: oh no no no, no.
6: yeah no we're uh, we're gonna play uh uh, with, uh conan and louisville and then uh we're also gonna play uh milwaukee, <laughs> milwaukee, milwaukee chicago detroit uh boone north carolina my college town so uh so yeah
2: so you're gonna spend a kicking and screaming couple days you know what i mean just Hanging out yeah. at the college town as yeah, a... Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> and if folks uh, are interested in the record, uh, not only can they oh, find yeah. them on um, yeah. Bandcamp, right, there's a Partonic Reversal episode, as as mentioned, yep. that we go in-depth into, in depth, into yep. every song of the record. It's very interesting, I think. Hmm. Of course yeah, the, I say that, but...
6: The uh, website is uh, maplestate.com, and then I also have uh, all my art. I do... Uh, a lot of uh, graphic novels and sequential art and uh, gig posters and stuff like that and that's all at uh, plasticflame.com
4: It's gorgeous it's gorgeous stuff so, yeah, uh, let's, check hear out those,
2: the let's hear those two uh, those, those notes.
6: okay one if you've listened to this or watched this entire thing and uh, you haven't seen kicking and screaming uh, don't watch the trailer for kicking and screaming because it's one of those cool trailers. Where it's pretty much just the last scene of the movie over yeah. music. Yeah. And uh, so I, it kind of ruins the, it, you know. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, the song Heart of Darkness, sung by Max uh, in this Heart of Darkness, uh, yeah, that is uh, registered. And so Noah Bombach gets uh, royalty checks uh, <laughs> uh, for wow. like a couple cents every year. <laughs> so yeah oh, it's, it's, uh like right now he's, he gets a Jack mm-hmm. check right oh, now. oh sorry guys it uh, has to be
4: over 30 uh, seconds i think oh, okay. uh,
6: <laughs> it's the heart of darkness mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> time now um okay. uh chris, oh yeah yeah
4: so any other final thoughts for the movie chris that we didn't get to during the course of the show uh
6: no i just I, yeah I, I i don't know i i've I really love this movie a whole lot. And this is uh, this the opportunity to uh, talk about it. and to, uh, They have it on Pluto on demand with yeah. commercials. And so I, I've had it on, I don't know how many times in the last couple of weeks, like while I'm working. It'll just be playing, uh, kicking and screaming over and over again. Uh, And it's one of those
2: scene-by-scene movies that, like, you can kind of just turn on and, like, you don't really need to watch to the end, even if you – I mean, you should if you haven't, but, like, you know, but keep it going.
6: But, yeah, it's, like – I don't know. It's just one of the movies that I've – like, this and Back to the Future and uh, the uh, entirety of the television show Wings that I can just, like, watch. can I can just have on all the time, and uh, I just don't get tired of it, so –
4: Speaking of sideways, Thomas A. church.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thomas A. church coming up next week. <laughs> um, but uh, Christina, do you have
6: final
7: cool. thoughts? Um, as like, a, you know, one of Noah Baumbach's like, you know, like first films, I say this is actually pretty good film. Uh, it aged really well. Um, if you are a Gen Xer, this is definitely like a film that you can definitely relate to. Um, and it's probably very, very underrated considering you know a lot of films very similar to that were coming out in the early to mid '90s. But um, I seriously highly recommend this film. And you know Noah Bobba probably looks back and think, "Oh, I could have done better," but not nah, boo, you did it.
2: You made a movie, um, yeah. and then the second movie, like right after the first movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, Conan, you got you got some final thoughts. I do,
4: as you might imagine. Uh, it, it, look, this is a very cleverly scripted tableau of young people doing a college and then trying to find what's next. Um, you know, I, I'm an autodidact, so some of these films can kind of seem more like science fiction or uh, eduganda in some cases. Well, but you're not are an autodidact
2: one. like uh, Greta Gerwig's like Frances, character I know, in that. Americana*.
4: <laughs> <laughs> look, that's hard and relatable for me. Uh, <laughs> I think it captures the nervy unease of that certain age. That's like full of uncertainty very well of Yeah, what's next. And I love how just honestly properly funny it is. It acknowledges the, like, that resting pomposity that plagues young people, especially dudes of a certain mm-hmm. age. And it's more or, least, more or less a feature like existential crisis for the entire cast. You don't see that a lot on film.
0: <laughs>
4: I, I think that I would call this like a younger roommate to Hal Hartley's work. Uh, certainly not a ripoff, but it's a great film about camaraderie, connection, disaffected angst, and low-grade profundity. Uh,
2: the one, so the really- one guy that it's not a, uh, it's not at a, like a, a crisis for, like an existential crisis, is the guy that's just accepted that life is an existential crisis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> we, that's fine. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah lean, lean into it, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
4: some I think there's some really incredible moments. Grover spontaneously going for the plane, uh, the plane ticket. The imperfect sort of, uh, as I mentioned before, sunrise-style passive vignettes of Jane and Grover, making their initial connections. The endless quotable silliness of Max in general. Eric Stoltz is Chet. Chet!
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the guy that just keeps taking out after college is like a cautionary mm-hmm. tale. He gets seems a job at write-
2: the local uh, watering hole and talks to some guy that looks like he uh, just got done from a shift at the plant. He's talking about Plato and Aristotle. Yeah, you know I, mean? I
4: mean, he does seem to really genuinely enjoy his life, though. So, yeah, that, that is the something...
2: kid. Well, he's a wife and the kid, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: so, as I mentioned before, many times before, as a Parker Posey fan and near completist, I'm surprised I didn't see this way back when, but I think this slots nicely with many uh, similar movies of the era. Deeply 90s movie, but I mean, as a compliment.
2: I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, Andy, final thoughts?
3: This is the movie that uh, the room would have been if the room was competently made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, you can see it right down to like "Hi, doggy" moment is is actually in this movie when they say hi to that kid. Um,
2: nope, nope, we're not, we're not. Yeah, we're, no. we're, we're we're pulling we're pulling the plug on this one. You, you, this this is the worst analogy you've ever made. Congratulations, you've outdone yourself.
4: But but I will say that this We're was. We going to take two on this, or are we got to keep just keep digging. The only yeah, thing,
2: no. the only <laughs> thing that this movie and the room have in common is it's somebody's first movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> God,
3: no. <laughs> somebody cheats on somebody
7: else. <laughs> There's a lot I hate come. her.
2: <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the only thing this movie has in common with the room. <laughs> no, <laughs> a movie. My
4: sentiment's exactly <laughs>
2: what. The only thing that in common with the room is someone that that. That didn't have real life experience making a movie, made a movie for the first time.
4: Let him, let, all right, let, let him have his incoherent final thoughts.
2: Although, I do like, I do like uh, imagining <laughs> this movie, but you you replace uh, Chet with Tommy Wiseau. Oh,
6: <laughs> oh, yes. oh. Yes. now that I like, I'm just right, thinking, i Kitty. With Tommy Wiseau and See, uh, but that,
2: that's too. Skippy's already a weird character, so it would be fun. Like the, the crazy thing, all right. Be-
3: replace Max with Tommy Wiseau, okay, <laughs> replace everybody with Tommy Wiseau yeah. except Parker Posey yeah. and Olivia Diablo.
2: No, 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 replace everybody with Tommy Wiseau uh, except Max. Oh,
3: holy crap! Wow, okay, that's some Spike
4: Jones stuff there, but
3: but but I, I will say, I don't know if you I guys all talk this- the same i I don't know if i actually saw this movie back in the 90s or not it's just like a blur of many other movies that are very out of the same vein but this one definitely is better than a lot of those uh those films so uh if i if i saw it and never revisited it until now or if this is my first time watching i'm not certain but uh this was actually great to watch because it really is it really does hold up like like uh unlike some of those other 90s films so uh and and the room uh definitely holds up in the room
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're gonna be going to the after party in a little bit you know i uh this movie has absolutely nothing in common with the room